I will keep your confidential information absolutely confidential, Aaron, except for this part, which I might use as the intro. Me saying all that. What the f*** is going on down there? It's Toy Fair week after the Toy Fair weekend. Hi, everybody. It is February the 17th, the day we're recording, and I'm joined by Aaron and TJ. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Hi, TJ. Hi. Uh, Toy Fair happened, and, and we've had a few days to percolate on it and arrange everything nicely and uh, wait for all secondary informations to come out as far as I know. I think I've lined up everything we need to know, so we're going to... The primary focus of this episode is going to be Toy Fair Transformer stuff. Then we're going to see how we feel, and uh, we might do some more after that. But, I don't know, you guys ready to Toy Fair? I'm ready to Toy Fair. Let's Toy Fair. Do it. All right. Fortress Maximus. Let's talk about Fortress Maximus, because now we can actually see the toy. Uh, the physical toy. Um... We can see the computer renders. We can see, like, two copies of them that were on the show floor at Toy Fair. We know that his head makes the G1 transforming noise when it finishes turning into a head, which is kind of cool. Um, he's, he's the classic double headmaster deal. Uh, the small robot head is very much based on cartoon Cerebros with the faceplate. The little, little headmaster is called Emissary, which is a super cool RID 2001 reference. And if you look at Fort Max, you can really see now... The the genealogy of Metroplex in him, and also just the sheer amount of extra stuff, both bolted on, retooled, and beefed out on uh, on this dude. So uh, I guess we should just start talking about Fort Max. Uh, DJ, you 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 feel in the fort? You feel in the Max? Hmm. I'm completely undecided right now. Hmm. Because I do see a lot of the parts reused from Metro, so I do see how the toys are fairly similar to each other. The same vein, um, it look everything does look good. I do like how much paint is slathered on. I'm interested to see how much of that lasts to production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's in uh, for me. It's the city mode. Like it still just kind of irks me that it's just, you know. I kind of take him. I kind of take him as like a proper city former. He looks like he turns into a bunch of skyscrapers, and that's kind of what I really liked about the G one. Mm-hmm. You know, and now this one, he's kind of just laying there in some yoga position I've never heard of. He's a better looking city than Metroplex. I gotta oh, say. Okay, okay. He's Metroplex isn't a city. Yeah. Metroplex is a guy laying down while his arms and legs explode. Yeah, like like Fort Max at least is pulling off a more solid and thank goodness a more symmetrical looking city but I, I remember we had this discussion back when that image leaked out like you know he has metroplex's knees so he's not double jointing those legs up to surround the central tower and that does bum me out i, I yeah. was hoping that that was going to happen somehow but um i also they're oh, good oh no i was going to say in in the inverse is i think it's ironic that the battleship mode actually looks better yeah uh i i really like the battleship mode uh, on this dude and and the city mode the place where i feel more okay about it and this is certainly not to be in defense of the parts that i think don't work i am liking the way that those big open spaces um that are made by his legs just sticking out to the sides are made to have the leader toy city modes like bolt in to finish him off it's it's got kind of a neat star convoy-esque uh, or, or battle stars-esque feel to it in that way mm-hmm it means you're also taking for granted that Blaster is actually that big 
and that Optimus is actually that big, but there's something about it, uh, the, the, the fully conjoined city that I'd like to see in person, um, but I, I totally agree. The battleship mode, I think, is both the star and the thing that works the best uh, of the two. The 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 way that they like it feels like they repurposed stuff from Metroplex's legs to be on Fort Max's shoulders, like those those aircraft ramps. Those remind me a lot of the things that folded out of Metroplex's legs. So it's, yeah, it had that same like double chevron look. Yeah, it's kind of. It's neat to see, I mean, if they are literally the same pieces, then that's triple amazing to me, because, like, they weren't up there before. But it's it's neat to see kind of a, a unifying, like you said, the chevrons make for some unifying uh, iconography. Um, Aaron, what are your thoughts up front here on Fort Max? Where did we see is the battleship mode? Just, it's, like, uh, the box art? Yeah, the, the CG renders. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the, the next one. Yeah, okay, because yeah. I was going through all of the actual photos, and I'm like, I thought I remembered seeing that, but, yeah, that's on the other tab. Um, I'm, I, I also am digging it. I, even without the, the forgiving of, Hey, there's bones of Metroplex on this because it's all places where Max and Metro would have shared a lot of, of skeleton anyway. So it doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't I'm, I was trying to think of a diff, better word for bother and, and no it's, it doesn't bother me that it you know they have similar hands because why go through the process of designing another hand that's the size and this big same with knees and hips and whatnot you know it's anymore it surprises me that Metroplex got made and even more so that Max is getting made so if they've got to save some money by going with parallel design you know they already know that this works they already have you know, the tooling experience that they know that this is all going to go together well. There's no need to reinvent the wheel on that aspect. And there is there is tons of new stuff on him, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Which... He's, I'd say he's, like, what, 60 70% new skin? Yeah, and uh, and even the Metro parts have new bits bolted onto them to almost mask them, um, mm-hmm. especially in the legs. Um, the yeah. hands, I think, are, to be honest, the hands and the knee joints and the elbow joints are the parts that stick out the most. Everything else, right. I think has a lot of cover. Right. Um, and that's where it's just using basically the same skeleton where, you know, if you, it's, it's probably not like they've taken the old tools and made new stuff to go on top of it. They've made new tools that fit the same space as the old ones. I mean, I, I'd want to see, I'm hoping that once this toy comes out, we can see like someone just goes whole hog and just disassembles the two to really figure out like mm-hmm. if there are straight up shared parts or if it's just, yeah, the, the same space being occupied. Storyline wise, um, I saw I saw the point made that uh, the last time we saw IDW Fort Max, he was on a planet full of dead Titans. The the theme of Metroplex is that his body type it, it seems to me like the theme is that the Titans all kind of share a similar body type. Yeah. And it, it's kind of neat that it's like it, this is a Titan body that has been like appropriated by Fort Max in a way. Um, that's like, you know, that's one way I, I was looking at it. Um, it's it's very interesting. And I, I really I really hope that it has. Uh, I hope his knees are better because the, <laughs> the one place where Fort Max like completely falls apart, almost literally is that the knees, they bend forward and they just can't handle the weight of the toy. Yeah. And this toy looks heavier above I'd, the waist. I'd, I'd hope they could beef that up just by making a stiffer spring in the knee or whatever. 
Yeah, because I, if if this toy has similar knees to to, to Metroplex, I think it's going to be a super duper bummer. Because um, that that was by far the worst part of Metroplex for me, just on on a playable level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that you know if this is a second go round in a way, I, I would love for that to be rectified. Um, other little things I, I'm digging, like apparently he does have the side cannons. Um, he's got guns on his, on his shins and he also, and I don't know why this makes me so happy. He has that stupid box on the side of his left leg. You it's know? like it's a little <laughs> tank guy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like on the G1 toy, that box already was like, I guess it's there. So there's a gun and like, yeah. that's about it. So it's like, Hey, we put the box on his leg again. I'm like, all right, you know, sure. I mean, I think we can all agree the box is kind of dumb, but it's like an integral sort of dumbness that Fort Max needs. Like, this is my emergency gun for when all the other ones don't work. <laughs> it kind of made sense on the G1 toy, because at least it was a forward cannon in city mode. But yeah. Yeah, it's... it's. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 like, that, it's like that emergency weapon the sheriff kind of straps to the side of his shin. Yeah. <laughs> just in case he runs out of bullets and knives and everything else. And on Fort Max, it's also... It just sticks out, like, on the G1 toy as well. That box, like, it sticks out in this very particular way where it's like, it's trying real hard to hide, but it just doesn't know how. Um, yeah. Also looking at the CG of, uh, Cerebros, uh, I'm seeing a decent suite of articulation, like ball socket elbows, looks like universal shoulders and hips, um, for the transformation. I am assuming there are knees. Uh, I don't know if we got a better look at Cerebros in person at Toy Fair, other than those videos shot of like the person on the show floor, transforming the head. Um, but it looks like Cerebrus will be a, a decent toy as well, um, as a, you know, a standalone desk piece. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the sound chip part? Because I'm curious about, uh, how that's going to affect the weight, and I'm curious about whether or not that steps into the cost at all. Well, Max had, or, um, sorry, um, uh, Metroplex had sound chip. He did, but it was in his torso. So the cost part, what am I saying? Yeah, the cost part doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I guess how do you like do you think there's going to be any uh anything anything different about the feel of the figure with the with that stuff in his head rather than his chest? No. Mm. At that point you're you're big and high regardless. Yeah. I don't I mean it's not like they're going to have you know two D cell batteries in there to make that thing run. It's going to be a little button battery. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you, you hope for D cells? No, wouldn't. no, I hope for button batteries. I I hate I hate cylinder batteries button batteries here's the, here's the thing about button batteries i love them the big problem with them right now is, is the sheer number of, of companies that don't include them and when you can get them for like dead cheap off amazon i'm kind of like just just throw two in even if they're test ones just throw mm-hmm. them in there i don't i hate it when i get a toy and it's like oh right i gotta go order more batteries especially for when it is a toy and it's not like okay you're not actually having to run a watch for eight years you just need to make this light blink occasionally when i push the button come on yeah, and I don't need it to go off all the time, but I want to see it once when the toy's fresh in my mind. And I'm actually excited to see the light go off. Um, also, I'm just noticing in one of these pictures from the show floor on on uh, Fort Max's right arm, that red panel on his forearm is totally the same flip-over bit from Metroplex's forearm. Like the revealed gun turret thing. Uh, so that's kind of cool. The, the whole The whole display of him, by the way, I, I kind of like how they're trying to make a statement of what their their retail idea for the line is by just having 50 of every Titan Master standing around on him and around him. And everybody's going to buy like 90 of the basics, right? 
Uh, I hope so. You so. can have an army of heads for true fans. I hope so. And they all <laughs> and they all face the same way, and it's really clear that there's like four in each line because there's only four colors in each thing. This <laughs> is the weird part. I'm lo- if you look, like all the warm colored ones are, are are generally Autobots for the most part. All the cold colored cool ones, colored are, ones are Decepticons. Yeah, I, that's the way every line is. Yeah, but but seeing it laid out so basically with <laughs> such basic little block men, like. It, feel so I'm deconstructive kind of, I'm, I'm almost I'm, I'm i'm kind of surprised that for that for that big static display that they didn't like throw paint on them all oh just to make some look different yeah just to, to to break it up a little bit you know you have a guy with a can of of black and red and yellow and and blue and you just you know give arm okay this dude instead of being red with white arms he's red with blue arms so he looks just slightly different than everybody else I'm going to guess that came down to, hey, how much time have we got till Toy Fair? I just finished all the, the paint masters. Yeah. Oh, cool. Toy Fair is today. Okay. <laughs> That's what I would assume. Look, uh, this is assuming a limited budget in a real life situation. Then yes. <laughs> um, so looking through this Fort Max display, there's also a lot of rear shots, which sort of happen to give us rear shots of other toys as well. But uh for the city mode thing and for having, you know, a line that's going to be you're going to have a little dude for every single character that's not in vehicle mode. There's potential in there, especially, you know, for actually manning all the gun ports, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I think Metroplex suffered from is that there were not really partner toys for him to to operate everything. Um, there yeah. were Legends toys, but there weren't a lot of them. That and it always seemed like the scale was just slightly weird for some of them. Yeah. And I mean... The scale is completely screwed up for Fort Max, especially with Blaster attached. But if we just play pretend that the Headmasters Dude, are our unifier. How, how long have we had the mass shifting argument? I know. It, it's, it always comes back because I have realized the other day it always finds a way back into the conversation. Like when people started talking about, oh, the scale of Masterpiece alike third party toys, which then relates to the scale of Masterpiece toys and the, the sacred floor dairy chart. And I'm kind of like... Hang on a second. We went through all this, like, for the last 10 years, and now we're figuring out a way to have the same conversation again. Because, yo, know, you just go rewatch some G1. Scale is garbage in G1. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have that every single time. We're never going to get away from the scale. Yeah. It's just never going to happen. Like, like, the only scale is is one that is not really quantifiable. It is about personal enjoyment of scale. Because once you start busting out screen caps and size charts, you're going down a well that leads to sadness. Because all all, the, all you find at the bottom is the G1 cartoon is actually incredibly scrutable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So leave it alone. It's old. It can't yeah. deal with this. <laughs> yeah, go Yeah, go look, go look. Google the size chart for uh, G1 Bruticus. Yeah. And then realize there's no point to arguing any kind of sizes or scales. Like, well, there's a there's a time to argue scale, but it's it's the soft scale. It's the morphous scale of like, do these two robots actually look cool next to each other or do these two vehicles look cool next to each other? And like that, I think, is the scale conversation that's interesting. But it always seems to cycle back to like, well, how do we quantify it? What scale is this vehicle mode supposed to be? And then... <laughs> it just becomes this thing that will never have a happy ending. Um, and it also will never answer the question of, I think why an individual likes uh, the scale of two toys next to each other, but that's just me. Uh, let's get back to this. Uh, any other stuff on Fort Max you guys want to talk about? Anything else sticking out to you that we might've missed? I'm looking at his mm. butt 
uh, all I'm seeing is more like if you actually look at them from behind, you see a lot more thruster thingies with stickers in them. That makes me think of Metroplex a whole lot more. Um, I really hope his sticker sheet is better than Metroplex's. Or just paint apps pre-applied. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that would be super great. That might jack the price, but I don't think I care. I, I mean, I would... I, I love the look of something that has that much paint. Um, it, it, there, there's an extra level of premium to that, I think. But... Anyway, if there's nothing up about Fort Max, then let's move on to the Legends and Deluxes of Titan's Return, because we did get some new reveals even around all the leaks that came out. So, uh... The fresh stuff we're seeing here, uh, we're seeing a deluxe chrome dome, we're seeing a deluxe blur, deluxe mind wipe, deluxe scourge, uh, we're seeing a legends wheelie and rumble, we're seeing, uh, that's about it. So, I've seen some talk about, you know, whether or not enough was released at this toy fair, I think that nowadays the paradigm's changed a bit, because Transformers news comes out in February at toy fair, in the spring or summer at BotCon, and then in the summer again at San Diego. And all of those things need to have at least one exclusive reveal, it seems. So, yes, we could have probably seen more, but there are two more vantages in the coming months. Where Well, that and, I mean, this line is slated for summer, right? Yeah. I mean, so we've seen the first wave of everything and a good idea of, I mean, the Toy Fair here is showing us, like, what is the flavor of what's up- upcoming, Mm-hmm. And this does a great job of that. If somebody's saying that we didn't see nearly enough, then it go sleep for three months and then wake up and have all these toys out and available. Otherwise, live in a realistic time frame. I also question how much that statement would be <laughs> affected by how much one is keeping up with the tiny bits and pieces that have been leaked out for the last like year. Right. Um, because, you know, Walmart isn't scouring toy boards going oh that's a really coolly thinly sliced angled black and white cut of a thing let's get our buyers on the phone and get some of this no they're going to a place like toy fair and getting walked through demos that's that vin diesel video he wasn't selling that to people he was selling that to retailers i feel kind of like i because that also was a byproduct of when toy fair wasn't a thing that you know the enthusiast press really went to Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know, actual interested nerds showing up made that go away somehow. And I'm like, it's kind of sad. I know. Cause there was something like the, that sort of dumbass pageantry. There was something fun about it, you know, like, uh, or, you know, the old story of how, um, uh, Oh, his name just flew out of my mind. You know who I mean? Seth green. Uh, he, like one of his biggest starts in acting was sneaking into toy fair as a 10 year old and pretending to be the kid from mask mm-hmm. because there was an in character pre- presenter at the, the mask booth. Um, anyway, all that aside, why don't we talk about <laughs> the the new toys we saw? Um, yeah, we also got looks at stuff that we saw at New York Comic Con, of course, um, but I, I don't feel like there was tons new there. I really want to talk about this wheelie, because this wheelie excites me. Because, uh, number one, I think he looks like a really good Legends toy of wheelie. And number two, they have made room in this Legends toy to have an opening cockpit for a Titan Master to sit in. And I think that's going an extra mile that I really never expected. And I think that it only really enhances that toy because you can leave the cockpit closed if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the cockpit kind of has to stay open while the Titan Master's in there, unless the clearance is different than how it is appearing to me right now. Um, I'm digging that wheelie, though. Uh, TJ, how you feeling about that wheelie? The wheelie caught me off guard. I'm not a wheelie guy. I 
have a Legends. I have a weird deluxe that used to be a Jazz. Mm-hmm. And like I was perfectly happy in my limited wheelie world. This is a really cool toy. Like It has a really nice G1 wheelie look to it. The vehicle mode, definitely the original space car. I, you know, and I, I do like this like attitude we have right now of, well, it doesn't have to look realistic anymore, so just make it look how it's supposed to look. Yeah, this embracement of 87 G1, I think, is doing wonders mm-hmm. uh, for, for the alt mode design. I mean, I like that stuff. I, I understand, of course, this is probably like a nightmare for people who really have big Earth modes. Um, but yeah, this is like this is a really good wheelie. You mentioned the one uh, that was uh, remolded out of Jazz. Uh, so this one apparently has 5mm compatible fist holes, so you can give them the slingshot from that yeah, Jazz. That was the first thing I thought of. That's, that's kind nice. of friggin' cool. Um, looking at him, like, he's got a decent-looking Legends transformation. Like, you know, something happens with his backpack and his head, and then, like, his legs do a little inverse flip. Like, there's cool stuff going on. Uh, Aaron, how you feeling about this wheelie? I think this wheelie looks <laughs> looks wheelie good. Huh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, oh, no, sorry. we're going to have I'm to sorry. start this whole I, podcast. That, that, no, 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 no. That no, just no. happened. I apologize. He, he didn't rhyme, so let's be thankful. Oh, if you did. Oh, God. Had to I'll do it, I'll do it next time. Oh. No. Oh. oh, sorry. Go away. Get out. <laughs> okay, never mind. This is what not having any real human interaction happens, people. Don't do it. <laughs> this is what happens when you go to Connecticut, okay? You start talking like wheelie. But I, I think it looks very good. I... If his cockpit has to stay open with a headmaster and he's just driving with the top down. I mean, it's a nice day out. Well, it's like he's driving with the top down, but it's folded forward and he's leaving it up like yeah, that well, 90 it's, degrees. It's like, it's like a motorcycle bug <laughs> deflector thing. You don't want to be catching all that in your face. For if you've got a really big hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally makes sense. What's your problem? This guy is a dick on the highway because he's going to he's going to be pranging into like every single overhanging sign. And he's gonna, probably going to be the one who complains, too. Like you guys didn't give me enough clearance for my dumb cockpit window. Um, but yeah, all that aside, I think that wheelie looks pretty good. Uh, just glancing at the CG render, I don't feel that in this case the CG render really does much uh, other than show off the, the face sculpt. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a CG render that did something bad, which it turns out isn't real, is the one for Rumble, because the CG render has the rewind head on it, which... You know, upon first report, made me and a lot of people go like, "Excuse me," uh, but then the one on the show floor has got a nice proper uh, rumble th- the head sculpt, and also he's red, which makes me triple happy. So this is part of the problem of increasingly good CG renders. Mm-hmm. Is it starts to dip into because that looks very good. The like matte colors are becoming very matte in these renders. I think it was the uh, deluxes that were even a little bit better. Some of those were, I think it was, yeah, the Chrome Dome, the one-shot deluxe. It's only because, like, his forearms are super shiny that it's terribly obvious. Yeah. But uh, you start getting, like, on in a weird Uncanny Valley area, and you look at it, it's like, no, wait a second. Oh, no, wait a second. They just put the wrong head dot file in there. Yeah, they forgot to swap, they forgot to, yeah. to use the updated CAD yeah. for that one. <laughs> Um, is it that or like okay, Toy Fair is uh, oh today okay, just swap out the palette on that mo- on the model. Oh, we did a new head for this one. Darn it! Oh well. Um, I also think that Rumble looks real sharp. Uh, they they did a good job with the chest tampo. Um, I like that they are continuing to just swap their names back and forth. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the new head sculpt looks real good too. Uh, I don't. I, I like that rumble. I thought the rewind looks looked uh, looked real good already. So I'm super fine with redecos of of them with swapped heads. I'm sure someone will make pile driver add-ons for the forearms if we need them. Um, the tank mode looks fine, and they work with the whole weird spy tablet gimmick for the cassettes. Uh, Aaron, you, you feeling uh, okay with with rumble, or do you feel like that might be not your thing? Uh, I'm digging all these so far. I really, it comes down to the, this whole like tablet data slug alt mode thing. I want to get one of them in my hands to see kind of how it feels. Don't get impatient and get buzzsaw because I think he'll just give you a, he's like eating a McDonald's burger for your very first hamburger. Yeah. So I should get laser beak instead. Yeah. Yeah. You should get, (laughs) do we need to talk about laser beak? Cause I sure don't. (laughs) He has new stickers. That's great. Uh, Maybe those stickers are what makes it, man. Could you be. Don't know. Those stickers. Well, you have to buy all the toys, man. That's that's how we get in this predicament. If he's anything like Buzzsaw, those, those stickers will start peeling off after you transform them a few times. So don't yeah. don't go too crazy. Um, but yeah, I would I would say if you can wait, like wait for one where you actually like the look of every mode, because uh, it's a neat feel. Like the tablet is a weird shape and size. It's a little cassette-y, but not entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about, uh, I guess, Laserbeak and Rumble? <laughs> uh, Laserbeak sure is a Laserbeak. I like how he's completely devoid of red in his alt modes. Like, that's sort of neat. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's real neat that he's virtually bare of his main color. That's cool. That means cool. he's even more of a disguise, you know? Now you double don't know it's Laserbeak. Like, that's not Laserbeak. <laughs> He's red. <laughs> oh yes, they will never know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Rumble. I, I like the idea of. Okay, so, so this data slug slash MP3 player thing we're going with, uh, it's kind of a thing we just have to churn through because we can't sell a toy cassette to kids anymore. It's a means to an end. I think. I, th- I think Rumble and. And that sense, eject as well. Do a really nice little, cute little tank mode. That mm-hmm. I, like I'm. It's weird. Um, on Laserbeak and Buzzsaw, this little battle bot mode, I kind of view as the secondary. Yeah. And then I get down to eject and rumble. Where no, no, that tank is definitely the main alt mode. Absolutely. Uh, I think that that's also why I find them just way more engaging. Because uh, because Buzzsaw Laserbeak, you have a a borderline unposable. Uh, robot mode you have a vehicle mode that like i'm sure it'll look better if someone's sitting in it but it it looks totally like a third mode and you got this tablet mode which is weird and in the case of the buzzsaw mold the the stickers that make it start peeling off real easy um with 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 uh rumble and rewind yeah you've got like an actual robot mode and then an engaging other mode and then the tablet mode is there as like a great third mode because it's a brick, <laughs> and it does it real well. So, I also like how, we, like, just no one talked about Stripes. I just realized, like, <laughs> he, he's just sitting there, and no one cares. And I I don't either. Uh, so, yeah, that I think that does it for the Legends. Let's let's talk some Deluxe. Do you guys want, is there anything fresh for you guys on Hardhead or Skullcruncher? Mm, no. Not. Especially still looking forward to them both. 
All right, let's go into... <laughs> Other than we can't call them Skull Cruncher, apparently, because they changed that one. Really? What is it? Uh, Skull Basher, I think it is now. Oh, Skull Smasher. I see now. Skull Smasher, yeah. I completely missed that. Uh, whatever. I... <laughs> it burns me, because, like, really? Skull Cruncher was taken? I mean, we lost Squeeze Play, so <laughs> at this point, it's anyone's game. Well, Squeeze Play, you put on any baseball figure, and I can understand it. Yeah. But... Man. We can't crunch skulls. We can only smash them. Crunching them means eating them, and that's just a little too weird, I guess. Weird. Um, let's talk about the really exciting pair first, because uh, with Chrome Dome and Mind Wipe, we are two figures away from my original Seven Headmasters dream of this line. Uh, I mean, taking into account the brainstorm leaks. Um, and that's really exciting to me because I don't care what non-headmaster guys get made in this line as long as I get my original seven. And I, I've, I've been reminded by many people now, I keep forgetting that the horror cons are actually original headmasters as well. For whatever reason, to me, they're like fancy year two headmasters. And I, I understand the city robots are also original headmasters. I don't care. Four Autobots, three Decepticons, all the same size. That's what I want. And we seem really close to getting it. Uh, Chrome Dome has a very IDW head, and uh, the breakdown, there's a real detailed breakdown that Ben Yee did uh, recently on his blog showing how there are actually no shared parts between Chrome Dome and the Combiner Wars car that he resembles, just very shared engineering. Like, this is not a retool as much as it is uh, Energon Starscream versus that G2 toy. Um, still stuck out a whole lot, especially with those elbows and, and the way the forearms work. But the legs, like, they've got a completely different mechanism for the canopy stuck to the back of what I otherwise assume to be similar to the dead end style transformation. And, of course, there's no combiner port. There's an entire Headmaster gimmick in there. Um, I think this looks pretty cool as a Chrome Dome, like, as a G1 ugly car mode Chrome Dome. This looks pretty cool. Uh, it certainly is not uh, our more than meets the eye pal, who, uh, according to something we'll talk about later... I believe has now been confirmed to not actually turn into this in the comic book version of Titan's Return, which has eased many fears as far as I've seen. But uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about Chrome Dome here? Chrome Dome looks good. Um, like I said, for for his action posy CG shot, uh, looks beautiful. Uh, kind of concerned about two different size guns, but no, whatever. The it's uh, toy. Do you see in the show floor picks the other gun has a seat for a Titan Master? Oh yeah, that'd make sense. So you can stick yeah, it I on think the side. I, I think I already closed the show floor. Yeah, picks one, but you can stick the big gun on the side of his car mode to get, like have a second guy ride along. Which yeah. uh, it seems to be a common thing in in some of the some of the guns these guys are carrying, which I kind of like. Yeah, I, I noticed that with the uh, Optimus Prime, his twin guns. Uh, looked kind of like not bad from the front, but as soon as I saw the side shot, I'm like, oh, that's where you put a dude. That's not so cool. Yeah, it, it makes them look kind of funny when no one's sitting in there. But right. I, I, I like the way that it's like this really simple uh, fashion to integrate the single pack headmasters. Mm -hmm. um, Which, I mean, is part of what they, they're they're trying to do with this. Yeah. 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 Like, it's a super toyetic part of it that I don't expect many collectors to, to, to key with. But I, I sort of dig it. Um, Not, completely play devil's advocate. Power Master Prime's like side guns had that going for a long time. Yeah, like that's his thing, in a way. Yeah, 
Like all the power, like he had seats for Power Masters on those. Hey, at least people can actually sit in them now and not like squat astride them. Yeah. Uh, Let me do my splits <laughs> so I can fight off the enemy. Mm -hmm. All right. Loaded the ammunition. That was gross. Uh, TJ, how you feeling about Chrome Dome? I, I really like Chrome Dome. Like, I, uh, one of the things about uh, this current crop of Titans Return is I, I was waiting for like something a little bit more stand. Well, I shouldn't say standard because we gotten so much standard stuff with the Combiner Wars coming around, but like I, I, I'm happy to see just like a nice solid chunk car in here, aside from the fact that it is Chrome Dome. Yeah, like I like I, I dig vehicle modes like that. And I I really like on Chrome Dome how in the vehicle mode there is so much like visual exposure for his headmaster. Yeah, that big like, ass windshield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, when I said ugly car, like that's to me that's always been Chrome Dome's thing. It's not, I don't mean it really as a slag on the toy. It's just Chrome Dome's car mode has always been this sort of like unaerodynamic brown shoe. <laughs> but I mean, that's who he is, you know. Well, that came the that came the year after like. Blur and Hot Rod, yeah, right? just like super sleek futuristic cars. And here mm -hmm. comes Chrome Dome, like you know, probably gouting like black smoke out of the back and like it's making like a, the horrible noises. It's like a Cybertronian Buick. <laughs> it's like let me just crank up the engine. Got to hit the pilot light. Um, and uh, and the other OG seven that we're seeing uh, for the first time is uh, Mind Wipe. Uh, and here's the thing I want to say about Mind Wipe that that first got me super excited is his wings roll up into to make his robot legs. Number one, I think that's cool. And number two, going from the show floor, it sounds like the way his headmaster rides the bat mode is he hangs upside down inside the bat mode. And that sounds super swank because I'm assuming it's in that coffin shaped jewel thing on the front of the bat mode. And uh, I really like that idea. Uh, so I'm I'm extremely excited about this Mind Wipe. I think that given how badly they could have gone for being like deluxe headmaster beasts, like Skullcruncher and Mindwipe have both turned out real strong so far and like real creative too, uh, as far as how they transform. Um, TJ, how are you feeling about Mindwipe? I'm loving Mindwipe. That was the one I was really hoping would get into this line sooner than later, aside from like Skullcruncher. Yeah. But I love the transformation. Like they gotten super clever with how to form up legs, especially with the big panel parts like that. Yeah. And I didn't know about, I didn't know, I didn't know how the headmaster rode. Like there was, so, there was such a big worry in my head of like how you get like beasts to have the cockpits for these. And I was worried that they just like sit in the gun and the gun would attach to them. Like mm -hmm. make it like super simple like that. Like if if it's getting like as involved as like there's a coffin on this giant bat that he hangs upside down in. I mean that's that's the paraphrasing I heard from people who were there um, on the show floor. I didn't see any photos of it, so you know I apologize if I'm reporting something wrong here. But I saw more than one person talking about Vorath hangs upside down in the bat mode. Well, if if I, if this turns out not to be the case, I'll entirely blame you for my disappointment. It is all on me. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Aaron, how are you feeling about Mindwipe? Uh, I I really do like the uh, the leg roll up or the wing roll up into leg. Uh, I, I think we'd kind of seen the hints of that on the tiny bits that we had before, and uh, the the actual toy does a whole lot better job of showing the secondary wings. Um, 
that kind of end up back behind his head or whatever. I'm trying to flip through the actual images and find them. But uh, <clears throat> I like all of these. I'm going to end up buying the whole first wave and probably a portion of the second and finally be like, I don't like this one a little bit, but I'll still buy them all because I'm dumb. <laughs> I have that worry, too, because I like so. I mean, we're going to talk about them in a bit. The way I've been trying to convince myself this is not going to be the Combiner Wars, because, I mean, I like Combiners a lot. So Combiner Wars kind of had me dead to rights. Um, like, not just in Transformers, I just like combining toys. Um, I like Headmasters a lot, too, but I was like, hey, Blur and Scourge. If Blur is actually Brainstorm, I wonder if Scourge is actually someone else. And maybe I'll wait around and I'll get the OG7 if they really happen. Uh, and then I'll go back and check out Blur and Scourge. But, I mean, we all know that's probably not going to happen. Like, especially if they're Wave 1. It's so easy to just feel like, I want to try it all out and just buy all the Wave 1. So, yeah, I think I'm doomed as well. But... Fingers crossed that I can at least, like, buy them piecemeal. Like, mm-hmm. that's the one little thing. Like, hey, if I don't buy them online, at least I don't feel like I have to buy four deluxes and a Voyager at once every time to, to get yeah. the full Monty out of this. Um, and, and, I mean, a lot of people I saw, actually more people than I expected over the last year, enjoyed Combiner Wars piecemeal without, like, buying full teams. But I just really like Combiners. Uh, ridiculously so. So in, well, in my it's case, the, it's the play pattern where it actually works together and rewards having multiple things. You know, if you have two masterpiece toys side by side, it's not I mean, they go well together, but they don't play yeah. together. Yeah, there is something... something like Combiner Wars or looks like Titan Wars is going to do a very good job of like, hey, this toy is OK by itself. This toy is OK by itself. But being able to do these two together makes them both better. Right, right. I got that originally from Energon, where every piece you mm-hmm. bought meant every other Autobot you bought in that line had more playability than it did before. I, so, I was going to say, this all feels like the dream that, that Armada and Energon tried to realize, but realized way more cleanly, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, you're rewarded in both these toy lines for kind of, you know, stacking stuff up, but it feels like it also stacks up in a kind of a cooler way. I mean, it's been 10 years, so it should but I don't know. It's kind of exciting. Um, I've been also been trying to find any good shots of mind wipe from the show floor, and it feels like everyone sort of skipped them. At least in the, the yeah, that's, that's what through. I was flipping through <laughs> the the couple different places. I think mind wipe got a uh, also ran on actual photos since he was right by Galvatron, and everyone's like, "Oh, we already took all the photos of Galvatron back in October." Mind wipe's like, "Hey, I'm up here, guys." <laughs> Um, everyone I, saw him. Everyone started taking photos, and they just wiped their brains and they walked past. Yeah, he did his little dance. Uh, let's, let's stick stick with the Decepticon thing here. Let's talk about Scourge. Um, so Scourge has a headmaster, which this is the the first guy I think who's really suffering for it because his head looks like Scourge's head with a lump stuck on the back, and he and he's really suffering. <laughs> for this headmaster mm-hmm. um it's a nice looking face sculpt and it like he has the, the the top of his head cannon which i'm happy about but that like the the block stuck onto his ears is a shame um i kind of i kind of dig that that his gun is especially target master looking because you know that's who uh oh what's the name of his buddy i can't remember his buddy's name anymore um but that's that's how he had a nebulon originally um 
Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm, I'm I'm kind of I don't know if I actually you know I'm saying this as this is a reason to get him or not. I'm just this is of interest to me. His alt mode looks like the G1 alt mode, but with fast packs attached. Like he's got extra armor thruster bulk stuck onto either side, um, and that's kind of a neat take on him. I saw someone else describe it extremely well, but in a slightly different light, which is it looked like a fish sticking out of a sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, I see it now. I can't not see that, but I kind of like it. Uh, so Scourge here, I think he looks fine. Um, I don't have much else to say. Aaron, how are you feeling about Scourge? Um, Say it mostly falls in line with you. It looks like a good representation. I like that uh, all the, again, I think I said it last time, that all the, the stickers are going to be tampoed on there. That part is really cool. Uh, especially like stuff like the chest. Um, I just, I think he suffers the most of the whole first. If he's if he's wave one, he suffers the most of the whole first wave. Yeah. For everything, like he suffers, his head is suffering for the gimmick, and his overall look is kind of suffering for the fact that they can't work a cape into him nowadays. Like they don't have enough budget for the whole wraparound thing, like the old one did. Right. And well, the, yeah, but the old. Uh... Are, are you saying G1, old one? No, 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 that, no. That, oh, I mean, okay, I was going to say, because that was like crap. No, I'm not. It was one of my favorite toys as a kid, but crap. No, I mean yeah. I mean the generation's old. I yeah. mean, also, it's kind of kind of telling now that we're calling that the old one. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Earth Mode one um, pulled off the cave thing super well. Yeah. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about Scourge? Um, I don't, I don't particularly mind him so much. Like, the vehicle mode looks cool. I think it's a good update of that flying surfboard that he had. I, I, I like the extra thrusters and wings. I like the addition of a cockpit, so it looks like an actual ship. That's the upside to everyone that's a deluxe in this line, I think, or, or maybe maybe the Voyagers will work it in a bit better than I've seen so far. But, like, the deluxes especially, cockpits on their alt modes I think is super cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it adds that sense of, like, quote-unquote realism. Realism, mm-hmm. um... I I I would call it more purpose. Yeah, I guess so. Like, like you've got a reason you like you have a reason and a level of interaction for transforming it back into a vehicle mode. Yeah, like there's a, there's a thing to put in the vehicle mode in a way. Yeah, yeah, there's some interaction to do and some added playability to that mode. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 pretty common for people to just like transform it once and then go, yeah, he's an action figure now. I, yeah. I think yeah, and the robot mode to me is fine. I like that everything's going to be tampographed. That's gonna look cool. Um, the the what the limited wings are a little bit of a bummer. It's it's such a shame. It's just like he's he he got built and he was like, all right, now to put my awesome cape on. At the last moment, someone's like, yo, dude. So speaking about that cape, that cape's expensive, okay? <laughs> and you know you're cool. We love you, Scourge. We love you here at the office, Scourge. But do the kids love you, or do the kids just kind of like you? And he's like, what are you saying? He's like, we snipped your cape. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> Look, we'll, we'll call it a demi-cape. So it's still a cape, but, you know. What's the name of that thing? It's not a cape, but it's like that capelet that some dignitaries would wear. You know, like over one shoulder. There's a name for that uh, that I used I to know. Because it was a costume part in City of Heroes that I would always scroll past. Now I can't remember anymore. Like, that's dumb. I'll never need this knowledge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? No. There's a part of me that actually doesn't mind his new boxy head. Like, I think it's 
It's highly inaccurate. I'll give it that. But one of the things that kind of always got to me a little bit about headmasters, especially these, is uh, the little headmaster robot tends to be a very different color than the actual face. So in head mode, it kind of looks like a box, you know, like a colored box wearing a mask. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All the G1 ones, especially because they all had giant foreheads. Yeah. Uh, I think it, to me, it's just that if his if his G1 scourge head had been integrated into the block into the block a bit more, I'd have dug it. But it looks so much like just the G1 head. And then there's this thing on the back that is arms and legs. Like it's it sticks out a lot. Like I'm it glad- almost looks like between the toy, the the physical and the CG that there's a difference, too. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad that among all these guys, especially the non old headmaster ones, like one of them is kind of just going, what if we just stick the G1 head on to the back of the headmaster in a way? See how that looks. Mm-hmm. I feel like the lesson to take from it is it doesn't look super great. So maybe let's just do it this one time. But I mean, we'll see in hand, of course. Like, yeah, that CG, you know, seeing it from the front, the effect is a lot different. Um, there, there's always the, the three dimensional in hand factor. Uh, but overall, the one that I, I'm surprised to say I think looks way better in uh, in some of these shots than I was expecting is Blur. Um, he's kind of got a big head compared to the rest of his body because he's so lithe and his head looks so big, which may well just be human proportions. And, you know, we're so used to robots having small heads to make him look powerful. Um, like ignoring the whole brainstorm aspect, he looks like a pretty good Blur. With the brainstorm aspect in mind, I'm like, this could be a super neat G1 brainstorm. And so it's making me go like, do I really want this blur version or do I want to wait for the one that I'm a hundred times more interested in? I'm not sure. Uh, but Aaron, how are you taking this blur? Uh, I'm still wondering, where does his nose cone go? Is there a it's... shield that we're not seeing or is that like it's, it's behind a... his back is the aft part of the car? Um, it's, I'm looking at the CG render, uh, it's mounted to his arm as a shield. Okay. Is yeah, it? Cause, okay. Yeah, because the, the, re, the remold does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I must have missed that on this CG. Yeah, in the show floor ones, it just, oh, just yeah, it, there. it is, it's on his far arm. Okay, cool, that's all I was worried about. That's gotta, that's gotta be a shield. If it's not, <laughs> this whole line's trash. Right in the garbage. Throw it out! Is it wrong of me that I would have been more excited about the the nose cone getting worked into the body somehow? It probably is wrong of me, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it is. I, that yeah, is I wrong of you. <laughs> like, that's a sickness. Man, you know what's a sickness? Blair's big-headedness. What? Uh, actually, you know, you know what's a sickness? The name of his headmaster sucks. His headmaster's called Hyperfire. That's like the Transformers equivalent of like, hey, we made up this cool name for you. Actually, we just put two words together and we don't really care because no one knows who you are. This is your name now. Yeah, I, but at least that's like an easy marketing or easy uh, legal one. Like, I don't Hyperfire? What? So, and they're like, oh, no, that one's clear. Oh, we said it out loud. Dang it. All right. Whatever. On Let's the packaging, on. on Blur's packaging particularly, it just looks like his name is Hyperfire Blur. Yeah, because it sounds like a prefix. Like this, this poor headmaster that Blair's got. It's like number one, no one thinks he should exist. Number two, his name makes him sound like he's just a prefix on Blair's name. No one cares about him. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to all you fanfic writers out there, someone please write the hyperfire story, the great American hyperfire story that we've all been waiting for. That's what I would like. Uh, TJ, in the meantime, how do you feel about Blair? Uh, I'm liking Blur a lot, actually. Because the only the only kind of 
blur I have here in my classics universe slash whatever you want to call it this month shelf uh, is from Generations, and it's the it's the Drift retool, which never really struck me as blur because it it's too off. Like I've been wa- I've been waiting for like a very G one faithful blur, and I'm really really happy with the look of the Titan Returns one. Like one without all the the accoutrement that the, well, the the drift toy had. The accoutrement, well, just in general, like body shape with like the Gundam legs and the top of the car pointed up toward his head. Yeah, like, it's just a lot of shape to him that just doesn't strike me as blur enough to really stand there amongst everything. He he stands out kind of oddball. Hmm. I don't know. That's just me getting nitpicky about pieces of plastic that ultimately don't matter. I mean, that that blur, I always felt like that's endgame blur. That's like end-of-the-line blur at, at the end of his career when he's just gone all hardened and he carries a giant gun around. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I got I got that uh, that SXS unofficial blur, and that's kind of like, that solved my blur problem for the most part. Like, he's very he's futuristic-looking, but he wears it better. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this is like this Titans one is definitely more of a... Hey, remember when blur was just a guy in robot mode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do like the look of it. He he's got a very like he's he's got the aesthetic and body shape of like a sprinter, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I think fits him really nicely. I, I hope he I hope like the the physical version's a little bit more pale in color though. That's the only thing that's bugging me about him. Him and Scourge have both got a thing where I wish there was one more blue on each of them. Uh, it kind of looks like Blur's got like three shades of blue going on between paint and molded parts but two shades are not different enough to really tell from just a glance i'm hope yeah i now that i'm looking at him in in some different shots it depends how the flash hits him in a way uh yeah I, i'm hoping that's a factor of the hand-painted you know test shot thing yeah. um with with scourge i think it is a legit issue like he and i mean you know original scourge was not like you know this amazing vast array of different blues but his robot mode is just like, I am a man in a blue jumpsuit, and I could have used, uh, like, maybe a darker blue on the thighs and the forearms or something, or the biceps. Um, we'll see when he comes out. Like, maybe there's a metallic flake in it that I'm not catching enough of here. Um, yeah, that blur. Uh, I'm, I'm also excited to see how that looks as a physical toy when it is a brainstorm. Because uh, that looks like a level of retooling that excites me. Because it also means... Does that like does that mean that Hardhead and Chrome Dome have got retools already in the pipes that are both extensive and for other characters that we might not be expecting? Because uh, that would be cool. Well, I think if they burn through like the first wave of new molds with the headmasters that everybody expects and wants of the older crowd, it would be easy enough to uh find things across the whole lineage that are close body alikes or shell alike you know how how hard necessarily would it be able to to turn like a hard head into like a warpath yeah yeah you know a, a little a little bit of rejiggering and maybe a different head platform so he ends up with a chest cannon yeah. and boom the one that immediately came to mind for me was tankor but only yeah. only if the Titan Master turned into a little Rhinox. That would be so cool. Like, <laughs> like that that would be like the kind of thing that if someone says they think it's dumb, you know, someone says they think it's dumb, it's sort of hard to tell them no. But at the same time, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I would I would super dig that. 
Um, as far as Voyagers, I don't think there's anything new in here other than like the leaked thing that we already had sussed out back in October that, yo, Sentinel Prime is probably going to be Astro Train as well. And going by the leaked art, it sounds like he will be. Cool. Hope we see one sometime. Otherwise, there's not much uh, else to say. That Sentinel Prime looks even worse in photographs. His, <laughs> so I am, I'm going to maintain. Mistransformation aside, the fact that he looks like he, his hips are broken in, in the photos yeah, on yeah, Toy yeah. Arc. Man, red, orange, yellow, especially when the red and orange are that photographically close. Man. I'm going to maintain that I think he will probably look better in hand than that, because those are no. all colors that don't photograph. Yeah, still, even even if you, you tone down the blowout factor, that, uh, like, I, I want to see him for real. I want to know. I mean, I think most people are going to skip him now that it's become, you know, likely that an Astro Train is happening. Because Astro Train also has way nicer So are you going to name the seeing eye dog that you need to get after seeing it in hand, <laughs> Sentinel? Listen, I... Because it's going to burn your retinas out. I really like G2 toys, all right? I have an attunement to bright colors. Yeah, but that's there's also... There's a difference, though, because that was like 90s bright colors. Also, Because I've... one of those colors was a neon green or purple or something goofy like that. Not just this fiery color scheme. I can warm up by looking into the sun a few times before I open the toy up, you know? You are a man of amazing plans. You know this? Yeah, I mean, someone else should try it before me just to make sure. You know, someone expendable. But... Yeah, someone someone once described a car to me that was so bright, the best term he could describe the paint was as obnoxious. I think that applies. That is like an obnoxious orange color. Mm-hmm. I just so I so want to believe this that this will be toned down by the time it comes out because other other otherwise the color scheme especially the the piece of artwork from back in October looked all right to me um, and I, I love the idea of like just this big fiery orange dude because you know orange used to be my favorite color before I discovered the cold Pantone dream that I live in uh, but we'll see when he comes out. I want to say that Power Master Prime looks like he has a bit more of a G1 kind of cream off-white going on with his off-white parts on this version rather than the one we saw earlier, but that might just be the lighting. Uh, other than that, nothing fresh I'm seeing with Galvatron. Is there anything there that, that seems new? I didn't really spot anything. He looks like he's in the same pose, even. Yeah. Look, they've got that one pose down. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good at it, you know? <laughs> I have the one pose down. Except Does it look like his transforms? So yeah. I'll say, does it look like his uh, Titan Master cabin's not quite closed all the way? Like sometimes you're in a rush when you're getting out of the washroom, and you just got to go with it, you know. Yeah. I guess that's just his ab panel cover. Yeah. Not quite locked in or something. The only other thing out of these photos I really want to touch on is I think the packaging looks pretty cool, uh, except for the Titan Master standalone pieces. If they all have Fort Max's head as the card art, that's going to be a bummer, I think, given that I would, I mean, unless there's no art done for those guys, in which case I guess that's the story of it. But uh, that, that well could be just a stand in. Could be. But... They're, they're showing packaging sizes. I don't know. All these other ones have got art on them. And then poor Titan, poor Loudmouth there. He's just like, yeah, here's a here's a CG render of your head mode. See, I, I could, although I could see it just being that because he has the art for 
the front of it, what would you put in that place if you've already got, I mean, what it, where like Blur has his alt mode art, I'd, I'd put, what would you put there? I mean, I'd put the, the, the toy picture of the head there and I'd put a big, awesomely painted like artwork of the head with thrusters coming out of the bottom on the top left. That's what I would do. I'm also just enjoying that, like, you know, whoever was hired to do the art, they all got sit downs like, all right, the one thing we have to do for everybody standing there with their head boostering down into place. Like, you know, the, I, I like the uniformity of that in a way. Um, Sarah Pita Duroche name dropped who did all the color work on that. And I don't remember who now, but uh, Hasbro Pulse, to their credit, put up all or at least a whole bunch of uh, those art pieces for the newly revealed Wave 1 guys. I hope Hasbro Pulse shares more of that stuff and name credits the people who did them. Because uh, that's only a step forward, in my opinion, in, you know, the conversation we had a few weeks ago about crediting people who work on stuff. I think that the people who do packaging art and uh, freelance design art, it's sort of a crime. I mean, it's great that they're able to share their art after a period. It's such mm-hmm. a bummer that they're also the only ones who are really making noise about the fact that they did the art. Like, I would love it if Hasbro Pulse, A, would update more often, and B, would highlight some of these artists by name to to at least be someone else giving them credit rather than you know leaving it up to them to advertise themselves uh i think that'd be super cool but i also really like to stick up for packaging artists seems to be my thing for the last year or so i think that's everything for titan's return so let's talk about other stuff combiner wars and platinum uh i want to talk about victorion for a second i want to say it in recording here this Victorion, they clearly toned down the green, the you know, the sea green, the neon green a little bit, and left the red alone. They toned down the wrong color! Because that green to me was Victorion. If and 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 this red is not. And if this red was toned down a bit, it would match that sea foam neon gorgeousness. Also, if I recall correctly, when the color voting happened, there was a big block and two small blocks. The green was the big block. With this change to Victorion's colors, it looks like red is her main color. That's not right. So uh, hopefully this is a case of, you know, they just had a, a poor model out there. And, you know, when it goes into production, the right color will still be nice and vibrant and blinding. And the red will be toned down. If not, then what a crime. What a crime. Uh, Except for the box art looks like it's toned down as well. The box art is still a little bit more vibrant. It's not it's not like this this pale pea green, PEA green. Like this this green on the toy is so desaturated that multiple people thought it was white at first glance. Uh it it is so devoid of of life and and bursting vibrancy. So I'm I have a mission now and I have a cause. Thank goodness after all these years I finally found one. Uh, there's nothing else really new about Victorion to talk about. Did either of you guys have any any fresh reactions to uh, the gift set that still has no release date that I'm aware of? Not really. Is it Toys R Us? I think at or least. Or is that what everybody's assumed because that's where the G2 um, aerial bots ended up probably. I think it's mostly an assumption. Again. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's pretty much the same of all of these combiner packs where it's just whoever will take them yeah because it's not like toys r us exclusive as in you know you you come to toys r us or you're out of luck right because right i guess that's true yeah 
Um, well, let's talk about the the fresh platinum set then, because uh, we've seen the you know the the Planet of Battle of Junk whatever that's actually out in Canada now. Um, the fresh one is Cyclonus Scourge and Sweep, uh, who I started calling Phil. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with that. The, the The box art is super damn good on that box. Um, is about it for me. Uh, there's a new head on Sweep that has is is it the DevCon head or is it a new head? I never got that straight. Either way, it's a beardless Sweep. It's a new head, okay? Because it, the DevCon head was like kissy, kissy lips, wasn't it? Something like that. I it can't was, remember anymore. It was very duck lip. Just out here. It yeah. was out here, and that that head does not appear to be. This new head also kind of has a big nose. I think. Um, I think it looks fine. Here's the part where this set, like, thank goodness, because it's platinum and it would be too expensive to actually buy. Here's where it loses me. It's trying to do this thing where it's like, hey, they're being newly reformatted, so they've got some clear plastic everywhere. I think that the effect is a real neat idea. I think it is executed horribly on these. Uh, especially on Cyclonus. Here's how I'll define it. His wings, his head, his forearms, and his shins are clear. So it, it, it doesn't look like anything's happening. His center mass, for the most part, is solid still. I think what could have locked this in awesomely would be a faded-in paint. Yeah, uh, either a fadey paint. I th- no, I think it would be two things. It would be fadey paint and it would be clear plastic on the center mass. He well, needs he, clear plastic yeah. in there for this effect. I don't think you could do that, though, with, like manufacturing technology-wise. The, the materials that some of that has to be, I think, are the ones that are not readily nope. available in strong I mean, clear the, plastics. The, the struts, yes, but the chest plate, I like the eHobby one did that in clear plastic. Did it? Yeah. Okay. If I recall correctly, the eHobby one did, did uh, at least the chest plate, if not more, in clear plastic. And I, I just think the effect is lost in the way it's been delivered. On the sweeps... It kind of works because at least it looks like, you know, the, the the biceps and thighs between the armor parts are full of energy and the wings are like there's a there's kind of a, a, a more unified look to it or there's a stronger visual effect mm-hmm. there with Cyclonus. I think it just fails completely. Yeah, I think Cyclonus would do well with like from the the knees down, have solid paint, paint tapering out to nothing about halfway and then same with the the forearms just to make it look like. From the core out, it, the change is, is taking effect and locking in. You know what I would have liked to see? I would have liked to see paint, but I would have liked to see a tampographing of just grid lines. Like mm. like that and clear center mass, I think it would have looked incredible. Okay. There's two, there's two things about the Cyclonus that kind of throw me off. Number one, I don't, I'm not sure I've heard anyone mention the fact he comes with a new rifle, apparently. I noticed that immediately, and then the more I looked at him, the more I forgot about it because the failure of his entire visual effect irritated me so much. Here's the thing. Uh, aside from the little bit... Well, let's see if I... Actually, actually now I need to see him on the show floor because it's... See, I've got that still open. Oh, yeah, he does have a little bit in his in his chest. It's still clear. Um, The pattern of the clear, how it's on his arms, the wings, and the lower legs... Mm-hmm. kind of got me to thinking uh i went back and i checked the actual clip from the movie when cyclonus gets reformatted he solidifies from the inside outward mm. so there's like for him at least because it doesn't work on, i tried it doesn't work on it doesn't work on scourge or the sweep but at least on cyclonus there might actually be like a precedent for why it's patterned that way 
I guess. I just feel I feel as a static piece, the Scourge and the Sweep end up looking more dynamic for the way that their their clear plastic is placed. With Cyclonus, it just feels like it feels like the the middle part is from an older release of the toy almost. I don't know. It just really doesn't work for me. Like I I, I need that unifying center point on an effect like that. Uh, Scourge and the Sweep seem to have that, especially like they've got clear plastic under the chest flap. Um, you can mm-hmm. see it on the hinge there. Like it's just that, little things like that make it feel more strong visually to me. Um, I don't know. Like um, TJ, are you are you? How do you feel overall about about the set? Let's ignore the part where it probably will cost a hundred bucks. Okay, ignoring that. Yeah, let's let's play let's play pretend that it won't cost a hundred bucks. Um. Aside from my distaste for abundant use of clear plastic like this, I, I, I will agree that it's not a very well done effect. I might go with it a little bit more if it was maybe more consistent. Where like we got this weird thing where like in where uh, it's all the it's all like the inner arm parts and things on the sweeps, and then it's all the outer parts on Cyclonus. Hmm. Which, looking at Cyclonus, it's kind of weird. Like the rear half of his vehicle mode's formatting, and the front half's fine. Which like I just may- noticed. Maybe that's part of the idea. Like it's it's a shame that we're not getting like alt mode shots from the show floor, unless I miss them. Of course, um, I'll go take a quick look around. Uh, okay, we we got some with the renders. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's it it's it's all I got for defense. I'm not really, I'm not a fan of it. Like if you want to throw in like Cyclonus and two sweeps as kind of like a premium together pack, okay, that's perfectly fine by me. Um, I get why they're different. I get why we have a sweep and then scourge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with it because I'm I'm nitpicky about my sweeps that way. I don't I don't mind it because it, at least it matches up with what I think was really strong about the junk set where you get like you get uh Rekgar and then you get the mo- the more rare I believe of the two alternate heads like the oh, faceplate head that that works because mm-hmm. all the all the junkions are different yeah you know the whole idea of the sweeps is they're supposed to look alike even even scourge what if this guy's like the one sweep who like stuck out and he's like no I'm taking the stu-. he's the one who's like guys robot beards are stupid why would we even have beards? And they're all like, shh, don't say that. And he's like, no! He just rips it off. <laughs> like, oh god, I don't have a good chin underneath this thing. Oh, it's gross. Put it back. <laughs> Look on the wings and there's like a Gillette logo. Yeah, he's just he's the one who's like, no, I'm gonna take a stand. Uh, That's yeah. not a stand, it's marketing. Well, if there's a Gillette logo, yeah, but what if it's Dollar Shave Club? You're never gonna keep it ground, <laughs> grassroots. Hey, hey, look. Look, Galvatron beats up his guys a lot. Someone needs to pay for the repairs. Yeah. I don't know. Aaron, do you, do you have any thoughts on this set? I I think all of these platinum repaint ones like this are just horrible. I don't know what the target market's supposed to be. Because, I mean... Yeah, especially, I mean, that... The the Junkie and Rodimus set is uh, and uh, man. So here here's the big bummer for me. 
because they're they're focusing on 86 movie scenes and they ha- they're using two of my favorite troop builders of the early 2010s. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the Rodimus set, at least I can say, well, I don't need another Rodimus. So, you know, I have like an easy way out on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm stunned that a set with Cyclonus and two sweeps, they figured out a way to make me not want it. Because when I heard that, when I saw the just the bullet point, that, that was the platinum set. I was like, damn it. Now I need to get a platinum set this year. Right. How did they manage to screw that up? Like, I mean, I I see what they're trying to do. It's not like, you know, this is a, astonishing to me in that sense. I'm just amazed that, like, I'm the idiot who was going to go get it, and they figured out this precise way to completely turn me off of it, price aside. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope this means that maybe we can get that sweeps scourge toy with the new head. Uh, through another route at some point like now that the head tooling exists right um and and the point was made and we'll, we'll get into this when we get to the john warden thing that toys from like 2010 2011 are also potentially more expensive to produce now given that they were made for that earlier uh production environment uh so that might be entering into the price part a little bit which just bums me out more because it's like, so you guys, like, this is a premium piece for you to make and you fouled it up with this dumb, clear plastic placement. Why would you do this to me personally? Why would you personally attack me like this? Because <laughs> that's what this clearly is. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on from there into some Robots in Disguise talk. There's actually a Platinum Robots in Disguise set. And I think this one looks really good. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Bumblebee with a bunch of paint who's shiny. I don't really care, but I like the Warrior Bumblebee toy, so I'm not upset about it. But he's packed in with the uh, Voyager-sized Rid Grimlock that we all thought would be Japan exclusive and that also sold out super fast and never came back. Uh, I think it's really cool that there's going to be a second chance on that piece and that it is going to be in this two-pack with what I would still call a pretty good Bumblebee toy. Um... I'm I'm uh, psyched for this. I hope that the price doesn't suck. I'm like fingers crossed that maybe being being RID platinum will escape some of the the grosser parts of platinum. Probably won't, but I got hopes. Also, I believe that I caught word Entertainment Earth might be carrying it. Maybe they're gonna have a real good price for it too because it's Entertainment Earth. I don't know. Um, before we go into the other Rid stuff, uh, how are you guys feeling about uh, Voyager Grimlock making his stateside debut? Uh, Aaron, did you? Have any interest in that toy at all? That one I might get. Because that one, at least for, like, the deluxes that I have, is going to scale well. Yeah. Um, I don't know about it having the uh, War for Cybertron weapons, but I'll get past that. Like, at least that's the same as the Japanese one. Like, we're not missing out on any new tooling. We're getting all of it. It kind of makes me wonder how much of this is that one, but I know it isn't. But still kind of. But... Yeah, I'm I'm more interested in this than I was the Japanese version because of how quick the Japanese one sold out and will be overpriced when it comes around. So yeah, I I absolutely will not pay a premium for the Fall Cybertron Grimlock toy in 2016, um, on on the aftermarket at least. So I was mm-hmm. bummed out that I kind of missed out on it because I thought it was going to stick around for a bit. So I'm happy about this. Uh, TJ, how do you feel about this two pack? Well, um, I do have that Grimlock. Okay. And- you know, we were talking about scale earlier, like of all toys, like if you're just if your sense of scale is just does this toy look cool next to this other toy or these other toys? Uh, no one looks good next to that warrior Grimlock. Yeah, he's just 
way too small. There's it's impossible for him to fit in unless you've got like all the Legion figures. Uh, this is like if you if you want that RID cast, if you want that main cast, you need that size Grimlock. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's a that's kind of a vital piece for this guy, and it's a really really solid remold. Now I can see a lot of differences on the on this version. Mm-hmm. Like they did change around the paint apps. I think it's a little bit less painted than the Takara version. Yeah, but I'm I'm really happy to see that there's going to be an avenue of getting it still. Yeah, and and I hope 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 that Repro Labels does uh, an upgrade sheet to you know fill in color gaps like they've done for some of the Wave One toys because I feel like they kind of stopped doing that possibly just due to a lack of interest. It bums me out because these toys are pretty solid, especially considering the reputation this line seems to have for some reason. And uh, and Repro Labels stuff was really finishing it off well, if not, you know, going straight over to get the adventure stuff. So I hope that an upgrade sheet will exist for this guy. Uh, going into the other RID stuff, um, the main thing I want to talk about is we got some new molds. Um, there's Number one, there's a Legion class Bisque, so Bisque is finally getting his toy. I don't know if I care anymore because, like, I liked Bisque a lot when he was the first Decepticon we saw. But now I've seen all these other Decepticons I like more. So, I mean, I'll pick up Legion Bisque because I've been getting all, all the Legion Do any of them have but... better names, though, than Lobster Bisque? Okay, give me a sec, you know, like, I have to think about... Thunderhoof! There you go. I really like Thunderhoof, I'm sorry. Um, but we've got some new Warrior toys. We've got a Warrior Scorponok, uh, who I think looks super fun. Especially if he is as solid feeling as what I would call, like, the second season of the, the Deluxes feel. Like, Fracture and Megatronus. If that mm-hmm. carries through to these new warriors, then, like, Scorponok might be pretty damn cool. I like his unconventional look in both modes. Um, we've also got a warrior-class Windblade, who appears to be carrying, like, some of the generation's Windblade, like, at least accessories. She also is really red. She's incredibly red. I think she looks, color-wise, um, awful. But I'd like to see an Adventures version. So, uh, Scorponok and Windblade being, I think, the two fresh toys. Oh, there's also an Optimus who's been retooled to have all his wingy stuff because this is the first time Optimus has ever flown. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's quite as exciting because he that Optimus toy I like, but it's tiny compared to everyone else. Um, focusing mostly on Scorponok and Windblade. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about these two? Scorponok and Windblade? I... Windblade more and more, I just... Um, as I see the toys for her, just don't feel I I'm I'm whelmed. Yeah. Um, I mean I'm I'm glad that she's made it into mainline, but and I also think it doesn't help that it looks like her toy got a heavy coat of like enamel paint. It looks terrible. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like it was just like I don't know. It's just dump it in the bucket of red and pull it out. Um, so I, I think that getting something that's proper may make me feel better about her toy. I'm still not, I'm looking at the render and it's it's still not feeling it. I know, I know. And then Scorponok, I'm, I think I feel a little bit better towards, especially since it's really clear he's a hand paint, uh, in a couple places, Mm. but I'm not sure about the digital grade legs. I think that's going to really be a question of how solid are those joints. 
Right. Because if those joints are anything but like squeaky tight, then he's going to be constantly falling over backwards or forwards. And because it looks like at least the first part, so what would be the ankle um, before you go forward to the knee, it looks like that rests onto plastic. So it's not like it's going to fall further forward. Yeah. So if the knee part is similar to back, it probably won't be bad. Um, you just have to worry about the hips staying strong enough to not let it tip over. But yeah, I I have some faith in him only because like fracture was such an incredible step up, and Megatronus build wise was such an incredible step up mm-hmm. um, from what came before. There's just, I think that I still have a whole lot of lingering doubts in my mind because I got like the first wave and a half and all of those toys are just like up, you know, the, the warrior class or whatever, the 10, $12 class were just so much like upscaled uh, legends in more than one way that even if they've improved because yeah, Megatronus was better as I sit here and think about a toy that's hundreds of miles away. I, I got to somehow I got to get your hands on a fracture because like yeah. fracture to I'm me not, is I've not seen a fracture. You're not talking about the launcher fracture. You're no, talking no, no, about no. The, the good one. The, the good one. Yeah, <laughs> I've not seen. I mean, I've actively looked and I've yeah. not seen anything uh, in Indiana or Connecticut that uh, is even close to those waves. And I'm I, sure I would, as heck I'm not going to drop on Big Bad or something for that. I would call that toy a game changer um, more so than Megatronus was. Um, although I, to this day, I will stick up for, for Bumblebee and I'd stick up for drift. Um, like there are misses, especially in the first wave, but, uh, there's something to some, to those toys that I feel like really got lost, uh, in the conversation, particularly because for the most part, they were wildly overpriced at retail for what they were. Um, but, but fracture is, is just incredible. And I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to handle, uh, warrior Thunderhoof. Because I feel like if 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 the up curve is happening on the toy line, you know, near what you could call it's Twilight, like what a great time for those Decepticons to finally get toys because they are the most interesting designs in the show. And I'm hoping that like having seen that teaser, I'm hoping Scorponok is a hint that all those new bug transformers that we saw in the teaser for season two are in line for getting toys because they're going to make one for this idiot. Like you got to make me those th- that stag beetle guy or that lady. What is a wasp like? Come on. Uh, anyway, I think that's about it for RID news, unless there's anything else. Uh, TJ, did I talk to you about these yet? Nope. Well, let's talk about them. Uh, sure. Let's talk about Scorponok. How you feeling about mm-hmm. this dude? Uh, I really like the look of that scorpion mode. It's got a nice creepy vibe to it. Yeah. I like the sword. I like him using a whole sword as a stinger. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, here's the most surgical tool in the insect world, and it's a scimitar on the end because whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, the robot mode completely loses me. Yeah, you're just not like, digging it. No, I, I I don't like the digit degrade legs. I don't like these little hook hand things he has. Like I find it's fascinating. Like. Every time we use the name Scorpinox, someone has a completely different take on what that means for a character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we've had, like, five Scorpinox, and I think only one was relatively close to the original, and then everyone else is just like, yeah, just do whatever you want. 
I think part of the reason why I like his robot mode is I always liked the later weird basic robot modes from Beast Machines. Like, mm. uh, like what was that? You know, the, the, the maximal hammerhead shark thing. Yeah. Uh, um, hammer strike. Hammer strike. I really like that toy. And I, I know I'm in a, in a minority there. No, 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 no. I, 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 I love that toy. Like, and it, it broke my heart because those, the, that's, that's where like one of my hatreds of clear plastic comes from. Cause I literally picked that toy up one day and his arms didn't come with the rest of the toy. Because I, I think of robot modes like his and Night Vipers and and some of the other weird ones when I look at at this Scorponok, and uh, it hits it hits this weird aesthetic of like I said weird aesthetic so there we go um, that that, <laughs> that kind of works for me in a way. Uh, it's I, weird aesthetic that's weird and an aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will give a credit that it has scorpion claws that do not become hands and or feet. I love it when the obvious thing doesn't happen. That's the other reason why I'm kind of liking it. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Other than that, TJ, do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about 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 Windblade? Uh, Red Blade. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. This. At the very least, her torso needed to be molded in red, or molded in black, rather. Like, I have no idea why there's so much red on that I, toy. I think the head, even if that's how, if the head looks, you know, a bit flatter in production, her head being de- like just devoid of black is awful. Yeah, I, I think this being a solid red is awful. Like it just looks gross. Makes me like want. It, it's it's one of those times where I look at it going like, "Thank goodness for Takara," and I like become one of those two thousands fans. <laughs> it does kind of feel that way now. Like we've come back, at least for but, at least for our ID. It, it yeah. also helps that Warrior toys tend to cost what like twenty bucks, and then Adventures toys are like twenty four bucks. Okay, yeah, that's true. I still, I still yeah. tend to find warriors for fifteen around here, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm being a little bit unkind with that. I'm, yeah. just, I'm. Well, you're also like Canadian pricing me, and, and I'm also just so annoyed that the warrior toys have consistently cost way more than what I think they should have. Like, if those were twelve dollar toys, I think the whole conversation about them would have been different. That's true. Like you, the price point does put certain. Uh, certain expectations in your mind when you buy it especially the number of times i could go into a store anywhere across this continent and see a warrior toy being sold for more than a combiner wars deluxe and Mm. it's just like no this is ridiculous like these are not more intricate toys than the combiner wars toys they're good toys in many ways in many examples but they are not worth more money than a combiner wars deluxe there's more parts and mass on a combiner wars deluxe yeah no, I'm interested in this toy, but yeah, I'm probably going to be waiting for the Adventures version. Yeah. I, I actually do think it makes a fairly solid looking Windblade. I'm going to try real hard to not like succumb to what I succumb to on like nearly every Warrior toy because I generally would end up finding them on sale at some point. Finally, you can you can yeah, you can arrest me for that if you want. But I ended up getting like just about every Warrior toy. <laughs> Because uh, between like just picking them up or sometimes finding them on sale for like ten bucks, like I couldn't resist ten bucks for a warrior toy because I knew that they would be more worth that. Mm. Um. Anyway, TJ, let's let's swing this around into. Uh, I was uh, j- just a Bray, just to, just for one thing, like because that deluxe, the new deluxe prime, yeah, like uh, I actually do really like that toy in the first place. Yeah, like, I I kind of do as well. I kind of, but. 
What, what was interesting to me is like before Toy Fair, we got a render of that figure. And then post Toy Fair, we got another render. It's the exact same render. Looks nothing like it did the first time we saw it. I never compared them. Don't compare. It's like literally like they could be released as two different releases for that character. And I wouldn't bat an eye. They're that different. That's the investor event slides, right? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, they did like a, yeah, Tip W posted like a preview where they're like, oh, we were supposed to get a Fort Max render. Instead, we got this. No, I can't dig that out. And you're sure it's not of like the big one? Uh, no, it's like literally the exact same one. Weird. I don't know where it is. God, I got to dig this (laughs) up now because this is like fascinating. Just like, oh, oh, it's right there. Jeez. Hit me. I'm hitting, I'm hitting. Also, while we're doing this, just in case you guys didn't know, Optimus Prime, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, (laughs) can fly. First time. Like, hey, everyone, sit down for a second, all right? And please stay calm. Optimus Prime, now, in 2016, Optimus Prime can fly. Stay no, stay calm. Okay, stay calm. <laughs> calm <laughs> down for for God and country's sake. Calm down. Optimus Prime, okay, has achieved flight. Also, yeah, these look completely different. Holy crap! Uh, I kind of like the one with the white shoulders more. Yeah, me too. I think yeah. it looks way better. Mm-hmm. What was on the show floor? The uh, the red one. Darn it. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? What if the what if one of these is the deco for like the Toys R Us exclusive run for uh, Clash of the Transformers? If they still do that by then, I bet they will. Oh, that would be great! I hope that's the case. Oh my god! Okay, now I'm all happy and excited again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, when that toy's by itself, that Deluxe Optimus has a certain something that kind of works. It isn't his shoulders, but it's a certain something that kind of works. Mm-hmm. His shoulders are still kind of a bummer. They're almost more of a bummer now that he has all this retooling. And I'm kind of like, but his shoulders are still all the way up there. Oh. <laughs> um, But I was going to swing us around into, I guess, you know, a little bit of that, but also a whole bunch of the big power surge. Optimus Prime. Oh, man, that announcement I made. Here comes the fire trucks. Someone must have just torched their building. They're like, No! <laughs> Optimus Prime can't fly! It's the end of this. If he can fly, then I can fly. He just throws himself out of the... Anyway, that's dark. That's defenestration. That's... Uh, Guys, there's there's a toy where you can stick a Minicon into Optimus' chest and wings pop out. That's exciting. Seems as if we had a line that that was the entire gimmick. Maybe once upon a time we did. Maybe uh, you're remembering a bit too much. Maybe we haven't drugged you enough, Aaron. We should take you aside for a second. Okay. Start this whole thing over. The The main thing about this this toy that I wanted to bring up is that multiple people who don't talk to each other have said in public view, it's weird how he gets Tarn's face when he powers up. And now I can only see that on that battle mask that pops up. Like if you if you just glance at that battle mask that that goes over his regular face, kind of looks like Tarn in a way. Like it's really angry, and a little Decepticon symbol-y. 
It's probably not intentional, but it's pretty funny. Um, other than that, like if those hips move forward, this is actually a pretty decently posable toy for a big gimmick toy. Uh, his vehicle mode's hilarious. If you look at it for too long and you start to see where all the robot parts are, yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> that, that's a vehicle mode. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's sitting down. <laughs> his arms and legs are all just sort of back there. Okay. Uh, it's a big gimmick toy. I don't expect anything better out of that. But uh, I don't know. Any other any thoughts from you guys on on this new Optimus gimmick, or is this sort of just riding out for you? Like like TJ on the deluxe, clearly it's it's a presence there. But on this dedicated toy, uh, how you feeling? Um, didn't Takara just like show off a much better one? They maybe did. They perhaps possibly did jump the gun on this a little yeah. bit. Because I remember theirs was like far more intricate and like there's like an actual armoring style thing going on i didn't actually look at it long enough so i'm not sure no the vehicle mode reminds me of like like it almost like a truckosaurus thing yeah where like it transforms into a truck and then they wheel it out and it's just a hunk of robot parts in almost a shape of a box yeah the wheels are all touching the ground um, I mean, it looks okay. If you like, yeah, if you don't look at it too long, if you just sort of glance at it and then look at the cab because the cab is just a chunk that flips away onto his back. It's it, it looks fine. It's like this armored, powered up Optimus Prime, his big clear wings and like light blue booty shorts. But oh yeah, the bot mode, I I, I kind of dig. It's good proportions, and it's uh. I like Optimus Prime with white and blue as like accent colors. Like there's something kind of battle starsy about it, and I don't know why that's what it makes me think of. But it kind of makes me think of that for some reason. Uh Aaron, how do you feel about Optimus's newfound power of flight? Uh I'm glad it's finally happened. Uh it's not like he killed another Transformer and welded his parts to this body or happened to grab a jetpack from a uh, a neighbor that was standing around with one. Uh, it's nice that he can finally do it on his own. I like the first place he went was the darkest version of a yeah. previous Optimus flying. That's <laughs> yeah. great. It's where I live, man. The dark side of Connecticut. Um, still haven't said it that way. Still I'm, won't. I'm going to work on you. We're going to do some work. <laughs> We're going to workshop this. Uh, that poor Minicon, huh? What a life. Yeah. And it's not even, I, I feel so bad that that Minicon, it's like you could give him ankles or something to do with his wings, just not, I kind of get crushed a little bit and jammed on a dude's chest. Yeah. God. He looks like one of those birds that you'd cut to in the Flintstones and <laughs> just look at the it's camera. It's a going, living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just what, what a life this little guy has. Um, like in the cartoon, those big clear wings are coming from him, but on the toy, it's like it's like I don't even need to be here. I'm just pushing a button. The kids could push the button. And then when he's not on there, Optimus is just holding him as though he was a gun, but he's not. He's just a bird folded up. Uh-huh. Spurs just like, can I just go home, please. I, I I don't want the job anymore. I don't need money this badly. And anyway, that about does it. I think for Rid stuff. 
Uh, unless I missed anything, I don't think it did. Oh, one of the new mini cons is called Lord Dumatron. That's pretty great. H- had we seen something with that fourth shape of mini con? No, there's there are new shapes. Of, there's a couple new shapes of mini cons. There's also a Triceratops uh, new mini con. Yeah, but I think that that turn. I think we've now have like the spheres for the Decepticons and the cubed ones for the Autobots. Yeah. Because I think that's what that rhinoceros, or not rhinoceros, the the triceratops turns into. Because the the there's one picture that has, I think the one to the left is a hockey puck one, then a ball one, and then one with blocky arms. But below that, then there's an Autobot one that looks kind of like a, I don't know, like a campfire hot dog stick thing. Well, there's also some that that's are square just, and blocky. There, there are some that are also like Autobot ones that are just like they've got pistons on their shoulders because they turn into a double barrel gun. Yeah, and then there's well, a that's what I was saying is the hammer. the one that has like the very light blue accessory pack thing. Yeah, I think that's one. I he looks like he might be a remold of one of the first like hockey puck ones i think um i saw character art for him somewhere in here he is one of those two characters with like a new body okay um and he's like turning into a like there's there's more than just balls discs and bullets now and yeah. there's, there's well, I guess, straight up weapon ones yeah i guess that that might be what the squared off one that i'm thinking was the autobots <clears throat> might just been become a weapon thing also there a, i closed the window hope you're all happy uh, thank you Apparently someone just... It's, it's only taken how many years of you being in that place? I've closed the window a couple times. But this is the first time I think I've decided to just do it because it was getting <laughs> too irritating. For me. But uh, no, uh, I, I forgot to point this out. Yeah, it's, it's totally worth bringing up that like mini cons are not just a bunch of pointless shapes. Like there are now weapon ones. And it's great because the pointless shapes were great if they were going to be launched and spring load transform, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's just pointless. Now these can actually interact with the bigger toys in a meaningful way, and that's pretty cool. Like, it does make me start thinking, hey, maybe I'll pick up a Minicon again. Yeah, it works better for the individual pack ones because you don't have to go buy a super expensive gimmicky former one just to use their transformations. And 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 you're buying a big gimmicky one who shoots them and they don't transform when they get shot. So it's like, what even is the point of this? Um, so yeah, overall, it's, it's a positive thing. Um, I think there's also a Cyberverse Power Surge Optimus. I just noticed there's nothing really fresh about him to talk about, though. Oh, no, this is the Warrior one. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, okay, well, that covers Robots in Disguise, I believe, which just leaves us with you know, a little, a few other odds and ends from Toy Fair. There's, um, there's the Hasbro presentation. Where I don't think there's anything in here really that we haven't already talked about, except for there was a foam early Trypticon prototype shown. And all the reports I saw from people who were at the presentation was it looks a bunch like Trypticon shapes. That was about it. Uh, There were no photos of it. But it's kind of cool that they were showing concept art and like a foam prototype. Um, I think that's about it for any other info that would be worth discussing. Um... Either of you guys have any any input on uh, on like progress on Trypticon? Like it sounds like he's definitely 2017, but that's about it. He sure is happening. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> All right. The only other thing I think that's really worth talking about it comes from in the investor slides, 
and somewhere in here, it was said that collectors, older fans, sorry, not collectors, older fans now represent 30% of the Transformers toy business. Uh, 55% of the four years CAGR. I don't know what that second part means. Do either of you guys know what that second part means? Um, no. Okay. So let's preface that none of us actually know what the four years CAGR part means. Let's just talk about the 30% part. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, and here's the thing. I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily or should be taken as scary, but I think it more so means that just less kids are buying Transformers in general, which is in line with, was it last year's slides where they said that like the ages 10 to uh, 15 demographic was 10 basically to 15 gone? were basically gone. Compound annual growth rate, CAGR. Oh, okay. That means we went up 55% from the last four years then. As far as the third, like the thirty percent is that growth, I would assume. Um, uh, CAGR is ending value over beginning value to the factor of one over number of years minus one. Ah, obviously. So, over f- what did it? What was that? I could do four this years? math. Fifty-five percent four year CAGR. Yeah, so that means over four years. Yeah, that that lines up, actually, because that means that like just over 10 percent was the last time I remember a figure being thrown around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, makes sense. Anyway, I thought that's kind of neat. Um, and I think it's neat, but I think it's worth knowing that it probably means it probably more so means less kids are buying Transformers. That does not, however, negate that it also potentially means more older fans being stuck on through other medias like the films, like the ride, like the presence at Universal Studios, etc., etc. Basic nostalgia, kids growing up and sticking with it. But it also probably means less kids overall buying toys. And I think that that's worth mentioning. Uh, All that stuff is worth mentioning. So the sorry, reading more on what compound annual growth rate is, that's like so it may have gone up 90 percent from our 10% one year and then dropped 10% and then dropped 20% and then gone up. So that's like your average increase year over year. Like an aggregate almost. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, that's it's, cool. It, it's an economics investor thing. That's like, you don't freak out the one year that your stocks do bad because you've had eight years of the stock doing very well. So it's okay. Sometimes you just got to write it out. It's worth mentioning also, these slides are still mostly for investors. So, yeah. yes, they some of the graphic use in them is kind of trash. But I don't think it's I don't think they were made like, oh, what are the collectors going to think of the way we're showing the like super fan? Play-Doh ends up in every damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also didn't I didn't look through the non-Transformers things yet. So I don't know if there's anything else funny in there. Uh, there's a big stir over the multi-universe or multi-property universe thing with Micronauts, G.I. Joe, ROM, Mask, and Visionaries uh, from AllSpark Pictures. I think all that stuff is just filler art, so I wouldn't take any of it for gospel yet, although I think the visionary art's pretty damn sharp. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it, uh, TJ, I caught on Twitter, it's kind of sad that G.I. Joe's art is just their logo. I know. <laughs> like, Look, we, can't, we can't even be bothered for G.I. Joe art. You know, you know what it is. We know what it yeah. is. It's kind it, of crap. It's, it's Last their logo. been her. And their spot in this graphic is thinner than everyone else's because it's just their logo. <laughs> Look, if we're going to dig out, someone's got to dig out the old iBook 
Someone's got to go through our old files, but it's a hassle, man. We can't. Yeah. Well, you got to go talk to the IT guys. and No one wants cranky. to talk to them. Right. Yeah. We still have the rights to use this photo of the rock. No. Uh. I hope so. Oh, darn it. I bet the rock would have been fine with it. He'd have been like, no, I love yeah. my time on that set. Go ahead. Uh, there's some, I'm going to dig up something while we're talking here, but uh, do you guys have any, like, how do you guys feel about just the, the 30% thing? Like, do you, do you think that uh, that could dictate at all the, the direction of some of the Transformers toy lines in future? I, th I, I mean, I think it already is. Titan's Return is, mm -hmm. and, and even Combiner Wars are both signs that they're looking at the past, which is something that the fans are going to be, the, the older fans are going to be more interested in because that's the thing I had or something similar to that rather than yeah. just iterating, you know, car, you know, modern cars, future cars, space cars, and then animals and then animal robots and then cycle back to cars. Instead, you know, you've got, you know, well, you, you kind of flip all the way to their levels of engagement. You know, you've got casual fan kids with, you know, I hope that's a photo out of the 80s because that's a very 80s Transformer shirt with some very 80s Transformer toys. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of places that that it can go tapping into the past rather than just, you know, iterating cycles because you know that, you know, you 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 step it up and then you reset and then you step that up and then you reset. Mm. With with the whole cycle thing, especially with you know more, uh, I don't I don't mean to use the word negatively. It's just the first one that comes to mind. The, you know, the more pandering to the collector and older fan market. I was I was halfway in a Twitter conversation about this that I was mostly spectating, but I was like thinking to myself. We're hitting the point, you know, where they're referencing the 87 toys. Does that mean the next line is going to be 88, 89? And I'm like, I'm sitting here going like, I want to get excited about non-nostalgia Transformers too. But I don't know anymore if that outlook is common among older fans or if we really have, for the most part, become driven by how are you going to reference what I remember and do it better, you know, in this year rather than 10, 20 years ago. And I don't know if that's where I want Transformers to just live for the next little while. Because I like the nostalgia stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also like getting excited about fresh Transformers stuff. Right. Well, I'm, I think what they could maybe do something better. And, and I, I would argue, sight unseen that they have with Titan's Return, is they've taken the Headmaster idea and put their own kind of spin on it. Um, I think it'll be maybe the later waves and maybe how IDW does its inevitable cross with it that'll determine really what we think of Titan's Return mm -hmm. and, and that the headmaster gimmick being used for, for stuff right now because, I mean, that's that's a place to go. And I I hope that there's some interesting thing that they still have in their back pocket of what they're going to do with the headmaster gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond just like, hey, they can sit in the guns that everybody comes with too. That you know, what if what if they've got like a double head, like a, not a double headmaster like Metro, or not like um, Max, but like two headed, or like the horror cons, or like the horror cons, or what if you come up with a dude that 
does it like uh, dealer double dealer? Yeah, or, or, or something like that. Or you know, sideways. There, there's still yeah, there's still these things that could be in the back pocket that I, I'm waiting to see them pull out for the the second half of the line to be like, oh well, this guy comes with two and. You know, depending on how you set his arms into the thing, it unlocks the different ways that the body transforms to do what, you know, just different ways that things can be done. Yeah, uh, I guess to, I just I worry that like for collectors, the future of Transformers is this is this ceiling cyclical thing of like always be referencing. And like. I like references, but I also think that it closes a lot of minds to the the very notion of like, what if it isn't a guy who you remember from G1? And then if you're not interested in that, that's fine. But I think it's a bummer if that's like where the, if at the very end of the day with all the cool engineering that the stuff brings out with uh, all the different, you know, toy tactile factors, if it at the very end of the day boils down to, is it like my G1s or not? Like, I think that's sort of a bummer. Um, And I, I, I hope that, eventually we can see like another era past that but i also kind of i don't know if that just means that's when transformers takes a break for a while yeah i I, again i think it's a place where i think a good touch using the classic stuff as the touchstone and then venturing forth from there is better Mm. um or at least gives them a place to start because man, there's only so many ideas under the sun and we're at, you know, 32 years of how many different ways can you make thing turn into a robot and still be interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then, you know, they, whoop! I dropped the thing of tape. They, uh, they do swing out, with like hard punches like with mind wipe where it's like hey whoever thought of rolling up the wings into the legs yeah probably nobody up until people start saying no i had that idea years ago they stole it from me um so there's still fresh stuff that can happen it's just it all happens like it's fresh pops right but it depends on what you want yeah it's it depends on what you want to call fresh because yeah it's it's still mind wipe yeah exactly yeah (laughs) So I don't know, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean for it to be a doom and gloom kind of thing, because like at the end of the day, it's like it's it's talking about the the nuances of of essentially getting stuff that's borderline aimed at longtime fans when many other franchises don't have that anymore, especially after you know the oil price shakeup of the the entire toy industry and the the toys to life shakeup of the toy industry, like. If I just swing over here to some of our reporting from the G.I. Joe side, where we have confirmation that the one and only G.I. Joe toy coming out this entire year is the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Um, oh, and the uh, the fan-voted figure, Stiletto. That's like two toys for the whole year. The rest of it all comes down to how that movie does. And, and they should be happy that they're getting the two. Yeah, like, you know, Transformers... It is a cyclical thing. It is possibly getting to the point of eating its own tail a bit farther than I'm comfortable with, but it's still way better off than some other stuff. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we have this, we do have this weird thing where, like, there, there's always going to be a market for the old stuff done better. Yeah, mm-hmm. where we're getting to the point now where how much old stuff can really be done better at this point. 
like besides the fact that we've got you know like you know we've got production costs going up so the toys have to be a little bit cut here a little bit hollowed out there you know there's only so much more nostalgia left that can be improved upon you know we're getting headmasters now you mm-hmm. know we're you know apparently we are going to get the main seven people remember and after that like yeah you, know, you, you talk you talk about you know like doing like uh you know the you know like the 88 bots there's i don't see much nostalgia for the 88 bots you know in, like, yeah in, there's in a, the louder you know in the louder like longer talk of transformers it's like yeah. headmasters is where a lot of people say like well those were the last cool ones because they were big yeah, and yeah. there is a point where there isn't enough nostalgia left to bank on anymore yeah and we're hitting this point where we should start like they sh- we should start seeing things more along the lines of like armada starscream and universe hotshot where the stuff that was in the 2000s is starting to become the nostalgia and those are starting to become the older collectors who are going to want to go back and buy the stuff that they remember from kid. But we're also hitting this point where maybe the engineering, because the budget's so much tighter now, maybe they are not going to be as good as the toys that came out in like Energon or Cybertron. Well, uh, but- it also goes to some of the stuff from the last thing I wanted to talk about from Toy Fair, which is like, um, I can't remember precisely the wording, but somewhere in, in you know, John Warden's many Q&As he was doing at the roundtable he was straight up saying like there are deluxes from years like the Unicron trilogy years where those deluxes are borderline like Voyager toys compared to now Mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of everything they're trying to do and how big they are. Yeah. Um, and also with, you know, the, with the, with the moving wheel of nostalgia, like the Unicron trilogy, definitely like there's, there's stuff in there that is strong, I think design wise, but it also, it's just like, it's like moving the umbrella as high as it can go of like, well, now we can have beast and armada and Unicron trilogy. And it's like, okay, now we can kind of have prime era nostalgia and animated nostalgia. But after that, it's like, oh crap, Rid might like, you know, if the rumor is true that the next cartoon is going to be movie verse, it's like, once we hit Rid nostalgia, it's like, we've run out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing with nostalgia is uh, it's dictated by what people are freshly remembering now at that age. Yeah. Where you're that age where you're starting to long for your childhood again. You know, adulthood's just kind of crushing down on you a little bit. So right now that is, you know, we're starting to get to that in like, you know, a few few years you're going to see that more for Armada and Energon. But at the moment, we're still tapping the few veins of G1 that can be improved upon because... You know, you know, we, we were talking about like, look how good that wheelie looks, you know, and yeah, you know, what what were your options before? It exactly, was, <laughs> it was a Legends class and it was a retooled Jazz that doesn't exactly scratch that wheelie itch. Yeah, and uh, so, and, and and also like, you know, as, as things move on, it's like they move down the line. Like many also will point out, like there are characters who've been left behind in all of that. That one could say, oh, they should just go back and finish these various casts. And, yeah. I, you know, that's, of course, an argument one can have. I think that it, that all still is like, well, then we're still swimming under the umbrella and hoping it, we never hit the top. But yeah. I, I'll also make the point that Transformers will end before we ever get a Neuronimus toy. <laughs> Transformers will end. And the last news bit we'll ever get for Transformers is going to be, here's the concept art for the Rodimus toy we're going to release next year. But now the brand is gone. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> hey, hey, don't do that. Because... 
You know it to be true. <laughs> I know it to be true because that's what happened. They designed a new rot. They designed a new Rodimus toy in G one, and then they canceled G one, and it became a Brave. Yep. So <laughs> at this point, I'm just like, no. If we if we hear about a new Rodimus toy, that's the sky is falling moment. That's no. like, oh no, Transformers is done. <laughs> we just wrap up the podcast. Yep, we're done. We're yeah, just close we're done. Up. Just go ahead and box this back up. We'll just uh, put yeah, this away. Gonna get oh. all my Transformers out of here before they all spontaneously combust. <laughs> I think there is like a little bit of light here, just like going through like the nostalgia and what you're looking forward to now, because mm. like. In the last 10 years or so, we have gotten characters like Hotshot and uh, moving on from there, Lockdown, Bulkhead, like characters who did grow beyond what they were originally. Absolutely. And, and I, they did break out from their series, which is a great thing. And that I, I we guess, have new characters. I get so excited by that. And like and like even Windblade, I would consider to be in that realm. Uh, great. Mm -hmm. Like Windblade is the first one that I think had like help from the Hasbro side of like this is the fan built bot. We want to put her where we can. But, you know, she exists in at least two con like major continuities now. Um, and I just so desperately hope that, like, we can still have at least that one breakout star in new yeah. shows that crosses the border. With R.I.D., I'm like, can we have a breakout star in the form of every Decepticon, please? If not, at yeah. least strong arm, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, like, one of the things I do look at when it comes to these like new transformer media is when something is brand new amongst all of the mediocrity you expect, they do tend to stand out really strongly. Yeah. You know, when you have like looking at animated, when you have this cast of uh, Autobots, it's Optimus and Ratchet and Bumblebee and all this, the standouts are that new take on Prowl and Bulkhead, who was completely new at the time. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. He, you know, he did grow out of that. And the same on the Decepticon side. Okay, it's Megatron, it's Starscream, it's Black Arachne, it's Blitzwing. You got, and then you get, like, Lugnut. Yeah, Lugnut and Lockdown. Lugnut and Lockdown. Both crossed over. And, like, mm -hmm. with, with R.I.D., you've got, like, I'll always go back to this well, but, you know, it's it's partly a joke, partly serious. Like, Thunderhoof is, for the most part, a very crossoverable design because he's just a Transformer who has antlers. He's not, like, yeah. actually an animal. He's just, he's a Transformer who's got big ass antlers on his head. He's yeah. a mafia. He's a, he's a Cybertron mafioso boss. <laughs> Half of the Decepticons in the show answer to him first, uh, which, you know, it's one of the, that's an untapped story vein for sure. But like, he's ripe for being a caricature that like crosses the line and is like, yeah. Hey, you know, here's the new series, like till all are one. Here's till all are one Thunderhoof. He's still a mafioso guy with big ass horns, but like, here's our fresh take on him. Yeah. See, I almost worry about a show like R.E.D. where everyone tries to be so different that maybe nobody is really standing out too much from the pack. I, I, everyone has uh, this shtick to them. I, I, think, I think you still get ones that like because the ones who go beyond their visual appeal that that have something else to them. Like, granted, Rids is, is, a, is it's a shallow show, so there's less yeah. to work with there. And also in being a, sh a more shallow show, I think it suffered even more than Rescue Bots did in that like the rescue bots fans are watching rescue bots and everyone who wasn't watching rescue bots kind of dropped rid as well in a way. And, and you know, I'm, I'm generalizing immensely here, but I think, I think it, it's, it's a shame that rid got such a short end of so many sticks because like there's good stuff in that show that is going to go ignored for years by a ton of people um, who I think would legit enjoy it. Like plenty of people won't and that's fine, but it, it, it has so much in it that, you know, in another time, we would have dug at and clung to as like, well, here's the bits that worked in this year's show. 
these are the bits I still like. Like we we all did that with Rid, you know, original Rid. Yeah. Um, that wasn't an amazing cartoon, uh, and it was a highly questionable dub, which might have been part of its charm. <laughs> but people stuck to a lot of parts of it, like you know, friggin' Skybite, like survived that show immensely. So, anyway, where I was going with this is, uh, do you guys have that link I put up to the BWTF collection of info? Yes. Uh, so to, to clarify this, uh, Ben Yee was one of many sites who got to sit down at a roundtable deal and have some Q&A with uh, John Warden, who's now the product manager for Transformers. I believe he's still a designer as well, but he also seems to be the product manager. Um, ben Yee was there for everybody's Q&A, so he in detail covered his. Then out of respect to all the other news sites, he kind of bullet pointed what they had, but he said, you know, if you want the full context, go to their sites. I found some of those sites have not actually put their stuff up yet. So I figured having it all collated here makes the most sense. Um, so we don't have to go through all of this. I would, I would recommend people go and, you know, check up on what John Warden was talking about. Um, he covers many interesting things here. Like, you know, how in the last four to five years, there's been an increased use of hollow parts in transformers, which goes into talking about, uh, increased production costs and the modularity of combiner wars, um, which is, you know, the next question asked and how that will relate to Titan's return. Um, there's a you know, thrown out a bullet point here. It's it's kind of confirmed like this year they're probably not going to do any anniversary Beast Wars stuff, but they are kind of considering Beast Wars to be 96 through 2000 or through the early 2000s. Um, there's also a bit of a clarification on what the tool is worn out means. Um, some stuff about their production, not just in China, but across the board. Um and a little bit about the drop test. This is kind of weird because he's like, the drop test really only pertains to flying toys, which Fortress Maximus is not. And I was like, that's that's a strange new wrinkle that I guess didn't exist back when they were trying to do that to the G1 toy. Um, but then there's also a whole whack of bullet points in here, which are pretty cool, too. I don't want to just read it all out. So just, we'll just throw a few throw around this list for a little bit here. Uh, Aaron, is there anything in here that really stuck out to you you want to talk about? Um, the drop test was one that was, I think that that's always something that has had a kind of a varying selection or a varying statement of what goes on, um, because it, it, and what was there was, uh, um, a documentary that dealt with, uh, the film industry. This film is not yet rated mm. that dealt with the ways that some things get, you know, you have two things that are the same, but one is from, uh, for that movie. Um, it's like, a a it was dealing with the differences with, um, like big motion picture studios versus indie studios and how some things would end up different if exactly the same. And I, I kind of felt like with his explanation there, it was that, um, kind of the same of because i distinctly remember drop test being a thing that was said by an official person about that toy back in the day that now they won't have to do if this is true which then makes me wonder hey why can't you reissue the old one too because japan just happened that that mold is relatively available right i uh, i also it reminded me that like all this info we've talked about with the drop test a lot of it stemmed from Fort Max and it stemmed from like a 2002 release of him. Right. And I was like, man, our info is 
bordering on 15 years old. Right. <laughs> and and that's also another rough place that uh, that sometimes um, people will get caught up in and, and various fandoms will get caught up in. Um, I follow a lot of SpaceX stuff because I think rockets are cool and Elon Musk is like Tony Stark crazy. Mm-hmm. And that group gets very caught up in um, ITAR regulations, which is the International... Um, International Trade Arms Agreement stuff, arms regulation, where a lot of rocket stuff can be used as a lot of like guided missile stuff because it's basically what it is. And there have been cases where that group of people will get, you know, oh, well, something happens, it must be ITAR. And then as somebody that deals with that, because I deal with helicopters and military stuff and... I got to touch a Blackhawk helicopter the other day, and it was really cool. It was everything out to be with my I, I, mouth. I, I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't licked one yet, but what are you even doing? Look, I I have to like work into it. Okay, there's a whole lot of people on these lines. <laughs> be kind of odd just having someone go ah. What are you doing? No, no. When they ask you that, you just say sorry. You're not you're not cleared for that. Better just look at really fast. Say fine, mine, mine. Oh. <laughs> anyway, going back to my point of it, it's something that has worked their way. It worked its way into the consciousness. So now everybody, it could be anything, you know, it's, oh, why is this legend toy this way? Help oh, drop test, which no, the legend toy would have nothing to do with the drop test, but everybody thinks drop test now. So anything that's, well, legend toys may be the wrong way, but anything that's big, the words drop test come to mind and then the the old guys roll out. Oh, I remember back in the day when we wanted to get ourselves a Fortress Maximus. And I said, no, because it might drop on a child and kill him. And mm. it's like, no, none of those things actually were ever said. It was the potential of damaging shards. Not that it might kill them just from mass. Yeah. So, and, and whenever we get these bits that we, you know, as a fandom kind of cling to, I feel a, a guilt because, you know, five, six years ago, I would trumpet that stuff way too loud. As though it were the gospel, mm-hmm. only because I heard it once. And like as time has gone on, I've, I've, you know, I see some of those things that I and others trumpeted, you know, becoming part of the common nomenclature. I'm like, man, like I gave no context on that. I never right. even thought about the context. And I might have really messed up a lot of people's conversations by not providing how vague my source of that was, which is I heard a guy at a panel say it, you know, <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, let's move on to another bullet point. TJ, is there anything here that sticks out to you? Mm, not essentially. Like, I was disappointed to see that 20th anniversary Beast Wars came up, and they go, yeah, we don't have anything. At least you're not going to be left wondering, I guess. Yeah, I'm not like... left wondering, <laughs> but I hate the answer of, well, arguably it went to the, to the 2000s. There's yeah. plenty of opportunities. <laughs> It's the anniversary year. You didn't say that about G1, did you? Hey, no, so, you did not. Well, they, so they kind of have because all the Platinum Tours are like, hey, 30th anniversary of the 86 movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they've, you know, they're figuring out a way to say 30th anniversary in 2016. Yeah. So. <laughs> I did like how he addressed how uh, Combiner Wars shook down. Yeah. Between all, all the different repaints and remolds and actually having someone say, well, yeah, you know, we 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 had this in mind, and we had this much money over this amount of time to make a robust toy line. 
So let's just like reuse what we can and make it make sense when we reuse it. So I kind of get that. Like, kind of. Yeah, I but, I've I felt like the 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 combiner wars discussion, especially now that the line proper is kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to figure out a way to talk about it that is fair to everybody because like there are a lot of people who just do not like the amount of repaints in the line. And I don't feel like that criticism is invalid yet. I feel like it's unimportant in the way I enjoyed it. And I want to figure out a way to say that, you know, like in, in fewer words. Right. Yeah. And like, to, the to point me- I've always tried to hit with that is what would the equivalent have been without the repaints? If you have, you know, it, you know it's not an unlimited amount of money. They're only going to get so much into the bucket, and you can either take bigger chunks out of that money, have two waves less of toys, or re- do quite a few repaints but with significant remolds and retools and you know using a similar skeleton for things, and you can get another two combiners. I mean, it was because we've got all of them now potentially well i i feel all of like the scramble city style ones depending on how real copytron really is uh, real. you ignore ignore, uh, ignore oh, the abominus, but who yeah. remembers the abominus and Pirata? Well, everyone but aside from them <laughs> or um, at no, least like, a very significant I th- I chunk it, that if like, you did no repaints of we'd get maybe it'd be like um armada's combiners were where we got three of them with six molds yeah that's i think the key is is that mm-hmm. example I, yeah i like for me when it came to like the combiner war stuff yeah the line feels repetitive but at the same time if you like sit down with a big stack of like uh if you sat with like the original g1 scramble city combiners you know what you're gonna find out they get really repetitive yeah mm-hmm. i mean they, they all have to have the same size and they all have to have the same solid build in the right spots and there's only so much you can do with that size of figure at that point. Yeah, I mean, that that's one way I felt about it just with the first two waves, which like the way I thought about it is if we didn't have all the repaints, retools, redecos, we probably would have just gotten three combiners and that would have been that. Yeah. Um, and arguably those three are the first three and they're the three that everyone was happy about. And the ones people generally don't like are the ones that came afterwards anyway. But I, I think that... Um, I know this is a bit of a tangent. I know I've seen at least one reply to the point TJ you just made be like, well, that was the eighties and this is now. Um, although one could then flip that around to another circular conversation of, well, then is that not a great reference to the eighties? So yeah. this is it's like, what do you want? It's G one accurate. So this, yeah, this is, this is one of the, the horrible ways that conversation can go. And then you have someone like me come in and go like, yo, if you want them to all be different, go spend 600 bucks on a third party one. Then they'll all be different yeah. and bigger. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but that's way too expensive. I can't spend yeah. that sort of money on these. Well, uh, go go steal your buddies. I mean, he has so many toys, I'll never notice. Just walk out of there with his <laughs> with his Ares or something. <laughs> Look, just just be happy you didn't have to shove Skydive's head into Silverbolt's kneecap. Like, yeah, and be happy they that got the, better. Be happy the G two one. The head wasn't made of gold plastic, and it was going into a giant socket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like. It made like the mold reusage always made sense to me. It's like it's going to be a it's going to be a car that turns into a robot anyway. Yeah, you know, it, it made complete sense to me as well. And like the amount of retooling, I thought was actually pretty cool. 
but I've seen, you know, the, the, the criticism come up so much. I'm like, there's got to be validity to it from a customer point of view. And it makes me think about, you know, collectively, we have experienced so much of this fandom and the Hasbro interaction of this fandom. Like we have a lot of built up layman insight into how toys might be made for the most part. And I'm like, it's good to know all that stuff for the sake of conversation. Is it necessarily the responsibility of fans to know that stuff? So should I be really cracking down on someone who's like, I just don't like that there's this many repaints. You know, I think that the difference needs to come in of is I hate using the word this way. Is it a casual conversation about toys or is it somebody that wants to get, you know, turn the chair around backwards and really dig into this (laughs) because you know what people don't do enough nowadays is turn the chair around backwards (laughs) because well i i think that that's definitely got to be the break point of like if you want to sit here and say okay let's have a serious discussion about this and then want to say well but that was the 80s it's like you don't you don't get that you don't get that that you start cherry picking your argument like that and then you're not having a real discussion. You're sitting there ranting about the kids on your yard mm-hmm. and, and threatening to go get your rake in the hose. You want to have a, a real discussion about it and real discourse about it. You got to say like, you know, man, you know, the eighties, half of that line was repaints or remolds itself. We're doing the same thing now. You know, what makes a prowl that much different than a blue streak that much yeah. different than a smoke screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what kid I, you know, you know, you know, half of my Decepticons for two years was the same jet. Yeah. Same jet. <laughs> now, listen, we got three new characters. All you got to do is not finish transforming the head. And then right. they got a cone hat. Put it on the animation model. It'll be great. So, some different wings. Yeah. So it's something that, you know, I whenever I see people complain about Redeco's retools, it's like, I don't know what was the, like. Uh, we, where is the line where that wasn't a thing that happened a whole lot? Like Beast yeah. Wars, but Beast Wars had its moments. You know, Tigatron, mm-hmm. Cheetor, on-screen characters, not just like secondary also rands. This is what got me with like Combiner Wars, especially like the old, like when you're talking like toy lines like that. All I can think of is like Beast Machines, where. Pretty much everything was a one-off mold, and there was very few repaints amongst the whole thing. And even then, they ran repaints alongside it and sidelines. Mm. But when it comes to, like, Combiner Wars, what really gets me is just don't buy them all. Mm-hmm. Like, we had two whole waves that were throwaway G1 characters who were never Combiners in the first place. Yeah. like Well, that's what I mean about, like... As Bruticus aside, everything post Defensor was kind of throwaway anyway. If you really want to be a nostalgia hardcore about it, um, and and you know, there's also this is all leaving out the fact that you could also get the Unite Warriors versions if you want something that's really slavish G one one shot. Like these are the characters I remember and the modes I remember. Um, but it, you know, it's it's weird. it's the thing I've been trying to do more often in the last year is like pause and go like, okay, like there are parts of of arguments I disagree with, but then are there parts that are still valid despite my disagreements? And I, I think a lot of it comes down to tone. Like, if it boils down to I think Hasbro's lazy for doing the repaints, like I still have quite a bad knee jerk of like, well, I I have trouble taking you seriously now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this this answers into like 
what you were saying. Like, do you want to have a conversation where you're just kind of rambling off what you think, which is fine? Or do you want to get into like what we know about how, how they were made or why these decisions were made? And if it boils down to, well, they're lazy is why they did it. I always feel like I don't think that's the answer because that's too simple an answer is is just like, ah, whatever. Give up. Let's just make him Alpha Bravo again. Like if, if that was it, like I, I just doubt that's what really happened. So anyway, that this is a weird tangent that we flew way <laughs> off. You know, at some point I was on. gonna mention that like it followed into like, well, we're looking into not doing that so much for Titans Returns because we got big characters who are very different from each other and like Yeah. Although at the same time it's like you do also, Blur is going to be retooled into Brainstorm, apparently. To be fair, that's a lot of retooling. <laughs> oh, it is. Like, it, if if the like the message I took from that is retools are more likely going to be, like, dead-end to streetwise reshells. Or, right. you know, or even yeah. even more so, Silverbolt to Cyclonus reshells. Like, that was a far more dramatic one in the, in the long run. Um, and if that's the case, like, if that's really going to... You know, that tapered off in Combiner Wars, let's be honest. Like, that... That was really cool up front, but then slowly it's like there's a little bit less of this now. Like it's like the budget has kind of run dry and we're just going to recolor more of these dudes. But still tons of fresh heads. I say all this right after having gotten Wheeljack, who actually has a pile of retooled parts on him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that reshells becomes kind of the new norm for a little while. Um, I wanted to pull out a bullet point I really liked, which was... Uh, in response to some question, Hasbro does not dictate everything IDW Publishing does. They meet with IDW to present them their toy plans and they work together to collaborate. For example, Chrome Dome will not be a Titan Master slash Headmaster in the comics. I think it's important that that's been stated now mm -hmm. because I think that that relation has been pretty nebulous for the last two years. Um, and it, it, it goes in line with what I was kind of assuming, which is the the way to not take this is Hasbro has no impact on IDW's comic books because they obviously do. But this means that it's it, what this means to me. And if this is true, the teams are meeting up, bouncing their ideas together and then doing some give and take and then going forth with it. So, you know, Hasbro has an impact, but they are not literally giving mandates to IDW. Uh, they are saying, hey, this is what our toys are doing, and we'd love it if we could work as much of this into the comics as possible. IDW goes, hey, we want to work with you. So we'll take this, this, and this, but hey, Chrome Dome can't be a headmaster in the comics, sorry. Um, which also, I think, goes with my theory that the Lost Light crew, for the most part, have a lot of... They have a wide berth around them as far as having to take part in these events. You know, having gone through only two of them so far annually. But a lot of it fits together with what I thought was going on, which is that there's an impact, but it's, it's being pre-planned heavily. So... I think it's healthy in the long run um, overall. Like it, I like it when the toys and the comics kind of have some stuff shared between them. Would, would it be better if IDW was just left alone and able to make comics in, in perpetuity? Probably. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of the day a little bit of a consumer nut, so I don't mind some merch injection. And I think this relationship seems like a healthier one than Hasbro just going, hey, we need these guys to do this now. Mm -hmm. Um Unless that happens in those meetings and like this is just a really friendly way of putting it. I don't know. But uh, I, I like this bullet point. Like, I, And I really liked that they were specifying the Chrome Dome part. Like they're almost like, OK, we know that 
of all the headmasters, the one like Chrome Dome is the one that people kind of wouldn't want to just go off and have his head turn into a little man. So he doesn't. <laughs> um, and, you know, likewise, Cyclonus did not suddenly turn into Galvatron the Combiner in the comic books either. So worries about the comics when it comes to leading characters in the artwork of the toy line, possibly. But outside of that, I think it's really it's really flexible stuff. Um, Aaron, is there any other uh, bullet point in here you wanted to to pick up on? Uh, not really. But the uh, the steel tool thing, whatever that. Yeah. The so worn out. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So what that's talking about is the way that injection molding works. Is you have two really big blocks of metal that you smash together, and then you push molten ABS plastic into. And then you open it up and out pops parts or a sprue if you've ever done a model kit, something like that. Um, if they're stored in such a way that even if they're two-piece, which means you'd have a top and a bottom that come together and then plastic gets injected and then they open up and the part pops out. Um, rust would definitely be an issue on that on either the the connecting faces or... Uh, the interior channel ways because anything that's inside of there is going to show up on what comes out. So if they're restored well in a low humidity environment, oiled before they were put away, have desiccants around them to to sacrificially pull down any any moisture in the air, those molds could last a long time. If it's tossed in the back corner of a warehouse that has a leak over top of it, that mold's probably going to die. Um, so yeah, that's... I some of the terminology that he's using, I'm going to assume that uh, Mr. E recorded this in audio form and did a straight, um, straight copy. Oh yeah, the, the, uh, the top of the page enough, he basically enough, says that. Okay, he does. Uh, I, I thought he he had, but I just wanted to be sure. There's enough repetition that you can tell that when it's somebody's natural speech versus uh, when you have the newspaper bite, and this reads kind of like a person that's had some interaction with manufacturing, but doesn't quite totally understand manufacturing. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, first line, right? Not an yeah. engineer, product designer. Right. Um, because it's not like you have to crack them open. You're not cracking them open it because it's two parts. Yeah. Um, they can be heavy. They can be two tons. I had two tons is probably a bit excessive for transformers unless they've got some very custom, like all in one shot things yeah. where you end up with linked colors. But it sounds um, like even opening them up to check them will cost a certain amount of money. Oh yeah. Because just, just I to mean, go through the process. Well, you know, if it is so, uh, you know how often you'll look at things and everything is all in the same color for this part of that part, which means very likely that many of those may be on one shot of the mold. Um, I know that we've seen for BotCon before where they show that a color, it may be like three things are on, all in one color on or three different stacks of of a mold are on one color. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, you've got to have two matching pieces that one is the top and one is the bottom of. Yeah. They're going to go together. So even if, say that those things are like the size of uh what is that an a5 piece of paper an 11 by 17 piece of paper so that's that's pretty big sized face you're going to have to have two of those that are basically the opposites of each other minus the piece of plastic the toy is made of 
and you're going to have channel ways that have to feed plastic through. Again, like your model kit sprue. You know, you're going to have to make sure that all of that is clean, that there's no rust in there. If there's rust in there, you're going to have to clean that out, but you can't just hit it with a file because then you're going to make whatever would have been there rough. So you've got to, to smooth it, and it would be a whole lot of work. And just to go get somebody to take that, and even if it's a couple hundred pound piece that's your top and bottom and not a thousand pounds each, you're going to have to have some some manhandling to do that. Yeah. open it up and the person you're going to want looking at that you're going to want some sort of experience there that costs money and i mean that's those are the hidden sunk costs of any of this stuff that's why something like a bot con ends up being more expensive per toy you know somebody says oh but it's just five deluxes in a box that should be like 60 bucks right well for just the toys no because all of that expense of like let's get this thing let's check them out let's make sure they're okay let's get them and you know to yeah. a machine let's start shooting plastic in it because we want to you're going to want to shoot plastic through it two or three times and see like oh did we miss something this is coming out rough figure out what's going on with it and that's before you've sold the first one and that's all time and money and energy with stuff like these force toys in the mid 2000s you know when they're doing like the virulent clones you know mm-hmm. was it was a was a fusor and it's like that mold is you know like half a decade old does it even work Probably right. have to make the, the like make the toy a couple times to even make sure the mold can survive mm-hmm. and hasn't degraded past you know whatever. And and another interesting thing here I, that I never even considered is the different conditions in the factory between or this you know different storage conditions between China versus Vietnam versus India, right? Um, and that you know that could enter into it as well. Um, but yeah, the the simple cost of even seeing if a mold has survived like that entirely explains why it's not like they're just catalog checking through all of them every couple years because that would be super expensive (laughs) but uh this is and this also enters into my whole thing like i think this stuff is fascinating and i think it's valuable to the ongoing conversation to know it but if you all you care about is what you get at the end like certainly i don't think this is stuff that like is is a viable factor in like a product review for instance because this is this is going beyond the purview of an average consumer mm-hmm. and, and what they should have to care about. Um, but all that said, I think it's far more interesting to care about that stuff when talking about toys, because that, that's part of what keeps toys interesting for me. Um, TJ, was there anything else in this uh, roundtable stuff that uh, you wanted to touch on? Um, not especially. I think I was good with that. Okay. Uh, there were a few other things in here that I thought were worth bringing up, um, like, you know, confirmation when Titans Return begins doesn't mean there may not be combiners. And by extension, no comment on Computron or Lyokaiser. I I don't think they were going to comment on those yeah. at all. Uh, but apparently everyone at the roundtable expressed interests if those were real, uh, which is probably helpful. Um, oh, here's one for uh, for Aaron. Uh, where was it? No mm-hmm. official confirmation of a fan convention for next year. Declined to make further statement on the matter at this time. I wasn't going to say anything about it because they don't have anything to say about it. Yep, but wow, what a very particular way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, apparently John Warden loves MicroMasters and Blaster City Mode has elements of the MicroMaster Fire Station. Uh, John Warden, I think, also said he really liked just, the, you know, Headmasters and like the, the post-movie 80s toys a lot, which... I think probably speaks to why there's clearly a lot of design love to those things in what's coming out right now. 
Um, some of these other bullet points are kind of just confirmations of, of various things that I think a lot of people had uh, assumed. So it's nice to see them confirmed. I kind of like the one where it's like, no, they're not going to replace lost heads. You can just go buy a new head. <laughs> and I was like, that so so Hasbro customer service is just the same as it always has been, which is we'll send us the new toy and we'll send you one of its price point if you broke it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, and they're aware that Nautica is a fan favorite character. They'd love to make a toy of her. Apparently, John Warden also really likes Overlord, really likes Overlord and cannot comment on an Overlord toy. Uh, so those are all things that are healthy to hear, I think. Um Anyway, that's, I think, generally the Toy Fair thing. Overall, I thought it was fine. Like, it's not like a ridiculously exciting Toy Fair, but it's, you know, a nice a nice uh, fresh start uh, for the news of 2016. Gives a nice taste of what's to come. We'll see what gets announced at BotCon. It would be super helpful if they, like last year, just went like, now you can take photos this time, because then we can skip all of the, the, the I was going to make up some silly word, like hubbity-hoo, about describing what they look like. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was like a terrible toy fair. Didn't think it was a, a mind blowing one. Uh, Aaron, any, any thoughts overall? You just sort of took it as it came. Pretty much. And, uh, TJ, how'd you feel about this toy fair? Yeah, nothing particularly thrilling. No major surprises. Just, yeah, I kind of, I kind of expected a Chrome dome Yeah, the RID stuff's okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I was super surprised that there were more new warrior molds for RID. Like, I was ready for R.I.D. to go kind of into Minicon and Big Simple Toy, like, standby mode for its final year. So that was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Just looking through there, I saw that Strongarm's getting one of those armor Minicon versus pack things. Yes! And now I can't now I can't find an actual picture of it. Yeah, uh, I, it's in there somewhere. But uh, I, I'm, I'm super happy about that because I have the side swipe. And that toy looks real, real nice with deluxe or sorry, warrior Grimlock. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, do a strong arm, do a, and a bumblebee's happening. It's like, hey, I can have a little team to go with that Grimlock. <laughs> Thank goodness I really like those characters because otherwise this would, this would start getting silly. The number of times I've been buying Team B. Um, it's just to, to finish off the toy first stuff. Uh, TJ, was there anything outside of Transformers that really stuck out to you from the if you caught anything that really caught your eye? Oh. There's just like any any single particular thing. I'm sure there was something. It just completely escaped my brain while I was combing through all the all the transformable plastic that's going to be robbing me blind soon. I mean, I got I got mine right in the front of front and center. If you need some thinking time, okay then. Uh, so Mega Blocks, holy crap! They uh, they are leaning the hell into Ninja Turtles. They're doing a frigging Technodrome. And a turtle van. And black and white Eastman Laird turtles. That's real cool. And they got Destiny. Quite a win. Because, like, Mega Bloks micro figures are, to me, still, like, the most exciting action figure toy part of brick build stuff. Like, Lego has incredibly creative brick builds. And they are still probably the best brick builds as far as, like, actual patterns, etc. Technique. Uh, things like that. But stepping slightly past that, like, I really like the Mega Bloks approach of the brick stuff being more like, here's vehicles and play sets for these really, really good two-inch action figures we make. So I- I'm excited to see, like, the Destiny stuff get that treatment because 
the Call of Duty and Halo stuff has been like Trey sweet, in my opinion. And like just seeing them really lean into Ninja Turtles is so great because I'm like, wow, you are doing a better Classics Turtles line than Playmates did. And they actually own the license proper. <laughs> and you've got more interesting stuff coming out that is arguably in the long run more poseable because more stuff is coming out for real. So the Mega Block side of things like that was my big Toy Fair hurrah for me. Um, DJ, did you find the thing you were trying to recall? I don't think I was trying to recall it. Just I kind of just skimmed through so it was much right of the rest. There and it slipped away. <laughs> Some... uh, the Technodrome stuff did come to mind just because it's a big brick built Technodrome that's going to take up way too much space in my room. But you can put all the bad guys in it, and then you can put all the good guy micro figures into the, the turtle van. So it'll just be a technodrome in a van. It'll be tiny. No, no. no. Scale. Scale. No, it'll be fine. You can even <laughs> fit you can even fit robot Krang in the technodrome. You can hunch him up a little bit. <laughs> um, Aaron, was there any Toy Fair stuff that really set you off outside of Transformers, or did you get a chance to take a look at much of it? Uh, I really only looked at Transformers. I've been busy with helicopter stuff. No worries. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's the sound of a rotor blade. Well, our Toy Fair podcast has gone about two and a half hours-ish, give or take. I kind of feel like we've hit a nice little ending point for now. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were basically our plan was, as I said at the start, we're going to we're going to get to get to this point. See how we feel. Aaron's kind of fading. And I feel like we've kind of hit a natural ending point here um so with with some apologies uh we're going to probably just close up the show at this point uh hope you guys don't mind um we can always talk about the stuff that we got the next time we get together it's not gonna have so much more stuff maybe we could just you know we're gonna be done toy fair we could just skip all the transformer movie news and just do like a big what we got listener question deal or something I could really do with that, actually, because the next time we're recording will be right after a really tough thing going on over in the West Coast I'm going for. So I could, okay. I could use the uh, the decompress. And I'll be in Pacific time, so I can be like, hey, we can start whenever, because I'm, I'm on pseudo-vacation over here in Victoria. It'll be great. Anyway. I guess. I think it'll be great. Uh, so, Aaron, TJ, thanks for joining me for this big Toy Fair bangaroo. And, uh... My apologies that we've kind of run into our wall here, but I, I kind of thought that we would because there was just enough to talk about. Um, we'll hit up some more stuff to make up for it in our next recording. And also our next episode will be me and Seth going over uh, Seth's purview of the Toy Fair deal. And uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if we hit the end and have time to do anything else. Uh, I'll leave that up to Seth. Um I know he's a, an avowed fan of Robots in Disguise 2015, so I know we'll spend a lot of time on that. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Hope this was good for you like it was for us. Uh, hope it wasn't too late for uh, your Toy Fair discussion hypes. And uh, enjoy your toys the way that you want to. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
Get me, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.